We're outside the travel agency, a cannabis store that's got everyone buzzing. I've been over 20 times at this point. When I walked in, I felt like I'm about to get elevated and lifted in the best way. Blows my expectations out of the water. Some of the best customer service I've had in a store. So nice. Amazing vibe. Come down to the travel agency and see for yourself. For use only by adults age 21 and older. Keep out of reach of children and pets. In case of accidental ingestion or overconsumption, contact the National Poison Control Center. Consume responsibly. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. This week's episode of An Honorable Mention is presented by It's a DVD Product.com. Your home for exclusive and honorable mention logo t shirts and hoodies. Plus, shirts featuring some of your favorite lines from the show, like Captain Safety, Protege, and you're going to get your fucking head kicked in. What the? What was that? What? Jeff and Shane can say that, but I can't because I'm a radio guy? That's not fucking fair. It's a DVDproduct.com, your home for exclusive and honorable mention merchandise. This is an honorable mention with Jeff Schwartz and Shane Hagedorn. Part of the Creative Control Network of Podcasts. In the shuffling madness, I'm the locomotive breath. Runs the all-time loser, headlong to his death. Oh, it feels a test and scraping, steam breaking on his brow. Two for Tuesday, and welcome to another chapter of an honorable mention the essential Ring of Honor retrospective podcast covering the most successful independent wrestling promotion of this generation. I am your host, Jeff Schwartz, and alongside is my co host, our expert analyst, the head of logistics, and Ring of Honor alumni, Mr. Shane Hagedorn. Happy Festivus! Happy Festivus to you as well, Jerry. And uh, a Merry Christmas to all of our listeners out there. As yeah, this this will be uh, hitting His. your ears. Uh, well, with the way with the way our man Joe puts it up, it'll probably be hitting your Christmas Eve night. Yep. At some point, but uh, you'll be listening to this Christmas Eve, Christmas Day. So, Merry Christmas, you filthy animals! Ho ho ho! Now I have a machine gun. It's my only Christmas movie line reference I can make. I could do the whole Die Hard movie, but outside of that. uh, But before we kind of get into what Festivus really is, we do want to go through a couple of things, uh, the social media and how you can support an honorable mention. And ProWrestlingTees.com backslash an honorable mention has a couple shirts patreon.com backslash an honorable pod where you can get the show early you can get the show in video form so you can actually see us going back and forth giving each other these crazy hand signals that we do um yes the the double middle fingers actually it's quad middle fingers because both of us do it at the same time um you get to see the background in, in shane's room that he's got uh featuring his own action figure now he's brought that out of the archives 
the PWE Championship, some of the shirts available from our T-shirt store, which we'll talk about here in a second, and the Pro Wrestling Noah banner. Do you see what's under the PWE belt? I can't see. It's my gear. Oh, your brand new gear for your return to the ring. No, not brand new. Oh, your old gear. Old old gear. Old gear. Yep. Busting it back out. And when you return to the ring for PWE on February the 8th at the Philomoca. That is correct. With me and Alex Payne against Ernie Osiris. And I'm just assuming some homeless person he made friends with uh, back in the day. Because he got nobody. Boxcar Willie, maybe. Possibly. Possibly. Yeah. And then Alex will, you know, retain his belt and that PWE belt, too. Uh, over Tracy Williams that night as well in the main event. Jimmy yeah, Rave and Joe Gacy. Uh, yeah, I think Gr- Grizzly Redwood is wrestling Sly Stetson. I'm looking forward to seeing Grizz. I'm actually so, going to be coming to this show. So, yeah, uh, I'll be there and you guys uh, you can get your chance to get your picture made with uh, the Honorable Mention team. And uh, maybe buy some shirts. Yeah. Have there them shipped directly to you. Um I'll have that set up on an app instead of having a big stockpile of shirts to carry around and travel since I'm only going to be in town for, I don't know, 36 hours. That is tradition. I get in, I get out, I go home. I don't wear out my welcome. Uh, But (laughs) patreon.com backslash an honorable pod. You can get all this stuff and more. Uh, including uh, bonus shows, watch-alongs. For as little as $4 a month, get the show early, ad-free. And uh, you can also check out itsadvdproduct.com to get such great shirts as Captain Safety, 5-9 Live. You're going to get your fucking head kicked in. Uh, the official honorable mention t-shirt. That's the uh, you're going to get your fucking head kicked in t-shirt behind Shane. Um as he points again, um, the official honorable mention t-shirt. I've got a couple other designs in mind. And by the time this episode is out, there might be an official scientist of sound. Zach Johnson t-shirt that is up. So if you'd like yeah. to support the man that makes our show sound so great. The one, one thing we can't forget to uh, mention in regards to Patreon is that starting today, uh, our watch along with the, the epic very first fight without honor between Samoa Joe and Loki from Glory by Honor, October two thousand two. Our watch along for that is available to everybody. You don't even have to be a patron. Just wanted to give everybody a little Christmas present, a little taste of what we kind of do while we're messing around with these watch along episodes. So yeah, that's that's free for everyone to listen to and, and watch in, along. In six days, coming to Patreon, the Sea of Honor tournament and the Jericho Cruise. Uh, where Zach Johnson joined us. So uh, all that and more at patreon.com backslash an honorable pod. It's a DVD product.com is our presenting sponsor. That's where you get awesome t-shirts and hoodies. Uh, the shirts are available also on ebay.com backslash USR backslash an honorable mention and social media. Of course, we haven't gone on long enough for the intro, but <laughs> at an honorable pod on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at the Jeff Schwartz on Twitter and Instagram. Partner, where can we find you? At Hagedorn Shane on Twitter and Instagram. Just Shane Hagedorn on Facebook. Shane Hagedorn on YouTube. Mm, excuse me. Wow. And um, 
that's it. I don't really do much more social media than that. So, Facebook.com backslash an honorable pod. The official website of an honorable mention is an honorable mention dot Wix, W-I-X, site.com backslash main. And, of course, twitch.tv backslash an honorable pod, where I will be posting a couple of videos that have been sent over to us, uh, including some of these grievances. Uh, and a video from Kyle Durden, uh, which he discussed the TV title tournament, HDNet, uh, from our episode a couple of weeks ago. We are, of course, brought to you by the Creative Control Network and the aforementioned man of the hour, Joe Feeney. Leo Rush, not the man of the hour. It's Joe Feeney. He is on Twitter at JFF, ha double E, ha N E Y, three R D, and at the CC Network One to check out all the latest and greatest of news and notes coming to the Creative Control Network. Including the Wrestling with Reality podcast that I had uh, a little guest appearance on. So go, go check that out. That should be available by now. Be sure to also follow our scientist of sound, our astronaut of audio, our purveyor of production, the base master general, the technician of trouble, the award-winning Mr. Zach Johnson on Twitter and Instagram at Radio ZT, as he delivers us the best intro and the best outro every week and makes sure we sound cooler than the other side of the pillow. Well, let's dive into it. Today's going to be a little bit different as we go off the rails and we avoid pro wrestling shows and interviews and we air our grievances. It is December 25th, 2018, and it's an honorable mentions Festivus, the airing of grievances presented by it's a DVD product dot com. Insert Seinfeld theme here. So I, I wanted to personally do this show because I'm a huge Seinfeld fan and a huge Larry David fan. And I actually participate in Festivus. Um, it's something that for about the last 10 or 11 years, I have actually done my own personal airing of grievances on social media, uh, Facebook, uh, which you can find me at, at Jeff Schwartz on Facebook. Uh, if you'd like to be my friend, you'll see the uh, 2018 version of the airing of Grievances. And Festivus is a secular holiday celebrated on December 23rd as an alternate to the pressures and commercialism of the Christmas season. It was originally created by author Daniel O'Keefe. And Festivus entered popular culture after it was made the focus of a 1997 Seinfeld episode entitled The Strike in which O'Keefe's son, Dan O'Keefe, actually co-wrote the episode. The non-commercial holiday celebration as depicted on Seinfeld occurs on December 23rd and includes a Festivus dinner, an unadorned aluminum Festivus pole, which I have uh, adorning my living room correctly right now, and there's an airing of grievances and a feats of strength. Uh, of course, in the episode, George has to wrestle his father as part of his strength. <laughs> and my feats of strength include just going to the gym. Um, I, I fully expect an Instagram picture of your your poll. Oh, I'll, I'll definitely show you my poll. All right. Sounds great. <laughs> Unadorned poll. Um, and, of course, the uh, labeling of unexplained events on Festivus are labeled Festivus Miracles. The episode refers to it as a Festivus for the rest of us. 
So you'll hear that line a little bit later in the show. Uh, it's been described as both a parody holiday festival, as a form of playful commercial resistance. And journalist Alan Salkin, who I thought this was the perfect way to sum up what Festivus is. It's the perfect secular theme for an all-inclusive December gathering. I think we've gotten to the point as a society where everyone is, you know, so concerned with Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever holiday they choose to celebrate, Kwanzaa, Festivus is for everyone. Everyone has grievances that they incur throughout the years uh, with people, their jobs, their spouses, their friends, their lives, their sports teams, their politicians. And it's just kind of a fun way to let off some steam. So as kind of the emperor of Festivus, as I like to refer to myself, uh, and somebody who actually takes this holiday seriously, um, I thought it would be a great way to put together a nice little quick episode for you guys on Christmas. And we would do a Festivus episode where we'd air some Ring of Honor-related grievances. We're all Ring of Honor fans at, at the heart uh, of things. At, at some various point, we were. Um, so we have some grievances. And some people submitted some grievances. Some people chose to remain anonymous. Uh, others chose to let their names and some even sent in audio and video clips. So I want to thank everybody for participating. And uh, without further ado, um, I think we should air some grievances. What do you say? Let's go for it. Can't wait to hear my own family bury me. Yeah, that's I can't wait for later. everyone else to hear my own family bury me. That's coming later in the show. Yeah, it's a little tease. Yeah, so... Uh, the first grievance I got, this was actually one of the first two or three grievances I got, and I was kind of blown away by who sent it. But uh, I'm going to call this individual Anonymous Wrestler Q. Um, okay. Because he's currently a wrestler working in a major promotion. And I don't want to give it away as to who it is. And he asked to remain anonymous and said that due to his contractual obligations, he is not allowed to come on the show as a guest until he knows what the future of his contractual situation is. So, without further ado, the first grievance presented by Anonymous Wrestler Q says, In 2007, I was brought into ROH but given no direction. I was just placed in a random faction that got sidetracked. When I asked for answers about what Gabe Sapolsky wanted from me, he blew me off and went about the rest of his show preparation which included sitting in a corner with a notebook covered in stickers and filming promos with main event talent. Gabe only cared for talents he could slap on a DVD cover. Do we bang the gavel on this one as being accurate? Indeed. All right. Um, yep. <laughs> I... I I think nail because that, that's what we do, right? And then we decide if these are valid because you know you're. This is also new to me. This whole this whole festivist process. And now we decide: are these valid? Are they bullshit? Are there's is this is this what we're doing? We rule on whether or not your grievances yes. are legit. Have to, our job is to say we agree with this. We don't agree with this. Agreed. I agree with this completely. Now I can't speak to the backstage aspect of things, but just looking at this. First grievance, random faction that got sidetracked. 
110%. Yes. For various reasons. It got sidetracked, but yes. Yes. So, I think we can rule grievance number one from Anonymous Wrestler Q as fact. Uh, Grievance number two. Uh, This is something that I never really thought about, but actually it kind of makes a lot of sense. Uh, It says, why why was it called the Honor Rumble? Wrestling has labels for too many matches that make them sound like more than they are. The promotion I have worked for the last four years labeled what seemed like every match to the point fans didn't know what match had what rules. (laughs) Wrestling! I mean, Honor Rumble, I get the specific branding. It's all it is. It's just but it's branding. A battle Royal. Yeah, because it wasn't even a Rumble because, you know, it was everybody was in the ring at the same time, weren't they? Uh, I think it was done two different ways, wasn't or it? Did we? I don't remember. We did. And then the winner got a title match. Like Ruckus won the first one. Oh yeah, that one was done like a. The very first one was done like a like the Royal Rumble, okay. where it was actual entrance coming in, and with, with yeah, I uh, huh, I that's all it really is. It was just branding, marketing. That's 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 pretty much it. Yeah, that way you can you can own it, saying this is the Honor Rumble. Not the Royal Rumble. The Honor Rumble. Yeah, gotta. I mean, look at the back of our DVDs from back in the day. Every match had like every a match had a label. Whether it was just simply singles match or it had something grudge match, tag four team corner match, survival, four corner survival, scramble. Yes, six man mayhem. Yeah. So. Do we do we think this is a valid grievance? Uh, or are we going to go somewhere in the middle? I think it's somewhere in the middle because it is silly, but it's also you know a branding thing. Uh, so and I it think is honor rumble could have been you could have taken away rumble and come up with something else. I feel like honor the world, Royale. Yeah, with cheese. Yes, that's correct. All right, I got that movie reference. By the way, so. <laughs> for once, that's for one once for me. One of my movie references. One for me. You're now one for one hundred. Pulp Fiction. Yeah, I, 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 I'm like two for two out of two for a hundred, three for hundred. Yeah, I'm somewhere in that vicinity. Not great. Not great. So that is the first two grievances that we got, and that is uh, a, a wrestler that is. Still active today, so we're not going to name him, but we want to thank him for sending along that grievance. Anonymous Wrestler X. I have to be completely honest with this. I had to look up who this guy was. Um, I had no idea. (laughs) But I went back and I did my research, and sure enough, he's a real person. Um, Sent me a a message on Facebook. Um... So he sent along one, two, three, four grievances. So the first grievance that he had, he said he, quote, did two dark matches for Ring of Honor in Dayton. One time the booker sent out John Davis and Rain Man, uh, who was Corey Chavis, uh, as part of the Dark City Fight Club. And he says that they are a brooding tag team called Dark City. 30 seconds into our dark match. 
and had them beat the shit out of myself and my partner. Nobody in the tag match knew this was coming. How was this remotely funny or supposed to help us get better as we were told during the day? And then he says that uh, Booker tried to brother-brother us when we sought feedback after the match. Okay. Well, considering that, I know I also had no recollection of who this person was and did not look it up because uh, I just can state as a... Almost always the case if uh, if Dark City got sent out there, it was either because people were going too long on matches that were supposed to be short, or they were just shitting the bed right out the gate and doing stuff they should not be doing uh, in in dark matches and pre-show matches. Um, that was usually usually the case for when we would get the send Dark City call so which may or may not be coming to it's a dvd product.com on a t-shirt it should as yeah it should probably as soon as this show is up yeah yeah and uh so that was usually the cases i mean i i I would have to i don't have access to the to the dark match archives and the sinclair library to be able to go watch the match and see for myself why and it's just one of hundreds of pre-show matches that I was witness to over a decade. So certainly not anything that stood out to me. Um, but yeah, I, I would assume, uh, I would assume there's a reason for it. It's not for the mo- It's not going to be done just to be done. So I, I guess the, the part of this grievance that we really have to address was the, how is this remotely funny or supposed to help us get better as we were told during the day? Um, obviously, you know, we're, we're talking about Adam Pierce as the booker here, uh, cause this was his, his concept. Yeah. It's, it's not as if you can say that this happened and you don't automatically know who the booker he's referring to was if, uh, yeah, well, he, well, he wrote that, it that, as booker tried to brother, brother us when we yeah. sought feedback. And I thought, yeah, well, I'm just going <laughs> to copy and paste and stick it in the format and then we'll address it. But Adam Adam sent sent them out to, and not only that, I think it helped get Dark City Fight Club over. It actually did because I think I think I, yeah, I people you believe mm-hmm. that they were a bunch of badasses basically mm-hmm. they were throwing people around the ring. Yeah. So maybe it wasn't so much that this guy was doing anything wrong as opposed to it was a chance Adam saw to get the Dark City Fight Club a reaction in Dayton, a market maybe they hadn't been before. I don't know what the, the timeline here is of Dark City, but... Yeah, I would... I said I'd have to know exactly what... I, I don't have enough detail as to the when this match happened, time frame, yada, yada, yada. And I, I guess I don't remember it, but for the most part, not sending Dark City to go fuck up a match unless there's a reason for it. And then the whole brother-brother thing. Um... Is that something that kind of happened a lot? <laughs> it's wrestling. Or maybe explain. What brother Welcome brother to wrestling. Is. You can put Ex- it up there. Oh, you can put it up there with oh, great match, kid, and you didn't see a single in person. Nope. Didn't see a single second of the match, or uh, yeah, that that sort of thing. It's just 
blowing it's blowing it's, it's blowing people off yeah that's what it is <laughs> Minim- minimizing a situation. It's done. It's done across the board in every fucking company by many, many people. It's not exclusive to to one one booker or one promotion or, uh, yeah. It's it's so, it's 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 yeah. So grievance one from anonymous wrestler X. We're gonna we're gonna rule this as invalid. Yes, I think so. Agreed. Uh, his second grievance as a fan. So I think he's talking now either a post wrestling career or who knows. Many of, many of the boys loved the story with punk holding the belt hostage because he was such an asshole in real life. He finally got to play himself. What took? <laughs> what took? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps—you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So long in letting him just be a cheating dickhead. He was a heel from the beginning. It's, he was a heel as soon as Raven came into the company. He was. Yeah. He, so I don't think it. I, I didn't feel like that was. Uh, I wonder if Punk had crossed this individual. <laughs> this is a little personal, but um, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I don't get the what took so long. Like I said Punk was only really a babyface for the first like four months of his career. Then he was a heel. Pretty much from the time Raven came in until basically turned babyface with Steamboat against Generation Next. So that's a year, a little over a year of working as a heel. Then he was pretty much a babyface for the next year until the summer of punk. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I don't don't think it was. And if you think about it, it was such a short run for punk. Maybe maybe because he was a different kind of heel than he was. uh, He was more close maybe closely affiliated to how he behaved in in actual real life settings to certain people the chicken shit heel a little bit when the in the summer of punk run and now as opposed to his you know straight edge proto straight edge society run the the early days of the second city saints um where he was not so much the chicken shit heel Hmm. I just I'm I'm real curious by this cheating dickhead line that ends this sentence. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds strikes like me as being like a little a personal. Personal. Yeah. So that's interesting. I, mm-hmm. I might have to investigate that one more. Yeah. On my own. But so we're gonna rule that one invalid. Or at least nonsensical. Not a GX, I just don't I don't get it in the context of the the, the character of CM Punk uh as as a heel in Ring of Honor because he was 
a heel just as much as he was a baby face of the company. So from what I, I'm looking at with this third grievance, um, I wonder if he was maybe out of the business for a while. Because so, he, he, he says when the company was bought by Sinclair, they moved one show to the Hera Arena in Dayton. Which dumbass thought they'd fill that place? What show ran in the Hera Arena? You'd know that better than I would because... Uh, Haas <laughs> and Benjamin against... Oh! It was a massive building. The Dayton Flyers played basketball this. there. Yeah, yeah, I remember this. I, I was still there when the show... I wasn't on the road anymore, but I was there when I... They, I didn't go to this, this show. show happened. This show, if I remember correctly... Who played there? Uh, the Dayton Flyers. Which team. is, okay, I think there was some sort of co-promotion. Interesting. I think that's what it was, because Dayton was one of our TV markets. Because, mm-hmm. as stated before, at that time, all of our TV markets were like B and C markets. We didn't have the huge markets. We just had a lot, all the small markets, Sinclair did. Um, so I feel like there was some sort of co-promotion in there. And hmm. that's why they chose. That's why they ran it. I mean, they they there weren't. I don't think anyone in Sinclair. Uh, and I guess at this point, you know, a lot of the building, the venue booking was on Gary Juster. Gary. It was on Gary. Gary's not dumb enough to know to think we're going to possibly fill that building. We didn't fill the fairgrounds by this point. <laughs> uh, we had well, killed Dayton, and we hadn't been on TV long enough. In the Sinclair markets to establish ourselves to to a new audience and a fresh audience. So I don't think anyone remotely thought we would fill this building. It was just um, a co-promotion thing. And because I feel like Davey had to go do something. It might have been this show. But there, it was, I'm almost positive there was some sort of co-promotion with the show. And that's why they ran that. Because, yeah, no, no one possibly thought we would fill that thing up. It was just... Saying we were in that building and yeah, it's that's a big building to fill. Yeah, See, I've yeah. actually seen uh, the WWF at that place. I, I remember. I, I do recall when we when we were told we when we were told in the office in the Bristol office that we we're doing that building. We're just like, um, okay, <laughs> this will be interesting. It's gonna look. It's gonna look like the Cow Palace did, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I would say it arguably looked worse from what I remember. Yeah, so like the Cow Palace probably seats a lot more people. But. That's true. Yeah, and there was like 60 but, people in the Cow Palace. It wasn't much more in Dayton. Okay. But yeah, uh, I think, I, that, that would have just been, I think that was that was a, a, um, a co-promotion sort of thing. And yeah, it wasn't, it was a calculated loss. Okay, so we're going to rule that one. Invalid. Grievance number four from Anonymous Wrestler X. So far, you're over three, pal. Uh, so many wrestlers came from the Midwest, and Delirious was always very helpful in helping get chan- helping us get chances in places we weren't ready for. When he got the ROH Booker job, we tried to get other dark matches, or at least get a chance to drive out to Philadelphia. <laughs> To get a look. You know where this is going. He couldn't even be bothered to return our phone calls <laughs> with a respectful no. Dude, his voicemail was at the point where it was full and he just didn't delete it so that we know people couldn't leave voicemails anymore. <laughs> he just didn't check them. 
I don't or, see. But you remember one point he's like, I have voicemails from Raven on there. And I'm not even acknowledging them. <laughs> because you do. I mean, you got to put your put yourself in the Booker's shoes. You literally get her. You tur- you're now getting harassed by everybody. See, that would be the point where I change my number. Yeah, you're going to get harassed by everybody. Anybody who has your number. You're going to probably get a text or, Step- call or an email or something from looking for a job, looking for work. And it's just. It, it's it, what what point is it? I can't do this. I, I'm not dealing with this anymore. Just, you know, we always held by the same, uh, you know, for the for the longest time, we always try had to keep to the idea and i i only had a certain amount of control over it as the the head of the crew but, but you put in some work you get you're rewarded with dark match if we can do it i didn't always have control over that and we weren't uh inclined necessarily to give somebody a dark match the very first time they showed up at a building if they were consistent and they stayed for the full load in load out I mean, for to, to in, in Hunter's defense, when you're getting harassed by everybody, I can understand why you just wouldn't respond to anybody. Yeah, there were barely spots for his own kids. He didn't have spots for his own kids. His own students barely had barely got dark matches at some points. You know, that was kind of how pro wrestling respect was born for the five or six shows it lasted, because. That way the kids could get well. That way the kids could get get work, and then he took over. And that we started doing that before he became Booker, and then he became Booker. So respect just kind of became a nothing again because he didn't have time. Because essentially, it would have been booking two promotions. Um, Although Eric Santa Maria did help him with respect, but yeah, I mean, I, I as a talent, I would understand. I completely understand that frustration of like you used to try and help me out, and now you don't. But now, you know, he's not he's went from he went from talent to booker. So now it's if there were 10 people harassing him to uh, try and get a spot. Now there's, you know, add a couple more zeros onto that. So we're going to rule pretty much all these grievances as nonsense and just I don't rule the I don't rule the last one as nonsense so much as it's just it's not that simple circumstance i guess yeah it's not that simple but i because i i do i do get it you know i get it because i i also heard that from several people who were who were ring of honor trained guys and couldn't get responses alex talked about it when we did our interview with him in the archives you know so absolutely well we've got uh two wrestlers down and now we are on to our very first anonymous fan um, I'm kind of intrigued. I don't know this individual. I, I respectfully withheld their name. Um, curious as to why they didn't want their name out there, but all right. Uh, so his first grievance is, and he's got seven of them, so buckle yourself in. Special case split, and nobody except Azrael got a chance to shine. Aside from the already turned and pushed Jay Lethal, Izzy and Dixie as a tag team could have been fun to mix in during the run where the Carnage crew and BJ Whitmer and Jimmy Jacobs were the only real tag teams. I think that's a valid grievance. 
I I think so too. I, I I know they you know they did get some like spots here and there, uh, like the gold Joe Punk two weekend um, was basically a giant car ride of me, Davy Andrews, Jay Lethal, Azrael, and Dixie. I think it was. Uh, and so that was after that was you know kind of people getting little single spots here and there. Uh, I mean that 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 match was like pre special K breakup, but you know they started getting little things here and there. But yeah, just I felt like once you did the special K versus special K slash Lacey's Angels feud, it just kind of it fizzled. And, kinda... I, and I don't know if he just um I don't have anything for you. Creative doesn't have anything for you, or if he just felt they'd run their course for Ring of Honor after you know having been there for two plus years at that point, um, three years almost. So I just, yeah, but I do think it was, you know, as we kind of talked about in the, um, with, with monster Mac, um, available in the archives with these guys that are working, uh, in JPW and other Indies. Like, I, I don't think their potential was tapped into in ring of honor post special K aside from lethal, obviously look where he is now. But that took forever to get to that point. Yep. Uh, and as you'll get a little bit. Um, but again, I think I think they're the kind of guys who could have benefited, who would be, who would have benefited greatly, especially as you now uh, from going away for a little bit and mm-hmm. then and coming back. Yep. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. conditions apply. See website for details. I think, uh, and, and in regards specifically to Izzy and Dixie, I mean, they had been around a long time before Ring of Honor started. Yeah. And they, um, and then they're they're not young, and they had families and jobs, and it's hard to get away. Like, I don't think fans realize that art of balancing. Okay, we're wrestling <laughs> Friday and Saturday, and then we have to hurry back, and maybe we have a Sunday afternoon show, and then we have to go in for our, our late shift on Sunday night type of job. Like, I, I I think the struggle and the schedule is something that. Ninety nine percent of fans don't think about. Yeah, it's tough, and you know, depending depending on your age and life situation, it varies. I um, you know, as someone who, when I moved out to Pennsylvania, was completely on my own, no no support system besides my fellow students, all of us being broke and et cetera, et cetera, and having to start with my life with a minimum wage job and 
no ring crew and training and everything else and that being unpaid for shit at least the first six months didn't see a dime off as far and we were already at that point doing midwest travels and you know up boston and ohio and whatnot you know it's it's uh you end up making choices and i never know i don't know what they're i mean they certainly put in the time absolutely in the in the early days of ring of honor uh they were on every everything once special k was was born so i just yeah i, I agree i agree with this guy I, I give this grievance a, a a yes because yeah they don't they weren't um i don't think they're fully uh ever fully invested in post special k well i i'm gonna agree with this i think it's a, a tremendous grievance um but i want to take grievances two and three from this fan and I'm going to combine them because they're the, basically the same thing. You just replace the name uh, with two and three. Uh, and he he or she says, Amazing Red never gets his just due. Alex Shelley never gets his just due. I think Red was so far ahead of his time. Yeah, I think you and that to the point that when he after his several certain like injuries when he find when he came back into ring of honor in 2004 uh right before it at our best with all the available in the archives tna stuff um even though it had only been a couple years so much of what red did had kind of bled out into the rest of indie wrestling and nowadays red's biggest moves are like opening spots yep people do a fucking my mate code red is like lock up code red. <laughs> you know? He, he was somebody that when you saw him for the first time, he did things that, that got you out of your seat, either at a show or if you were seeing him on a television and you were, you just said to yourself like, Whoa, I and saw then you a, hit rewind on the VCR. I can't remember what the match was, but it was a, it was a six man. I think, it was from ICW, so it was the full SAT, Jose, Joel, and Red. Um, and it was like the first time Red had wrestled uh, in front of the crowd, and he looks like a four-year-old. Like, he does. He looks mm-hmm. like a child. He walks out. The fans are like heckling him, booing him because of how he looks like a baby. Five minutes into the match, they're on their fucking feet for him because once he showed what he could do in that ring, uh, as as far as his, his very impressive moves – um, they're all, all in on red, and I think the Ring of Honor fans were the same way. Uh, or in those early days, you know, he was somebody that did get a lot of the the hype job as being like the first. They would always emphasize the first real match, the first official match in Ring of Honor history between Jay Briscoe and Amazing Red, the amazing the match between uh between Key and Red versus with the the Matrix sequences they decided as it got dubbed. Um, the rematch with Jay Briscoe, just he, and then he got hurt and yep. got hurt again. And I just, I think he lost, lost that momentum. And, and yeah, he, he deserves a lot of credit as a, as a, as a, not a game changer. That's not the word I'm looking for. An innovator mm-hmm. in, in uh, indie wrestling. A guy that stands out 
And like you said, I think the the best way to put it was he was ahead of his time. Mm-hmm. A generation ahead, really. Um, so, and then Alex Shelley was the other one that he mentioned that doesn't get his just due. And I think that's a lot of, you know, time, again, much like Red, he was, he's been hurt a lot. He goes away, comes back, goes away, comes back. To me, Alex Shelley's probably one of my three or four favorite wrestlers on the, you know, ever from the independents. Um, should have been a world champion at some point, but was never around long enough to really have that singles run where. Yeah, you know, yeah, he, he became, I, became that guy that it was just like it was great when we could have him back. But I will, I'll say two things about Alex Shelley, and I'm going to actually compliment Austin Aries here. So brace yourself. Almost spit take. <laughs> you can see video of Shane spitting all over his uh. on patreon.com backslash honorable pod but uh, I think Alex Shelley and Austin Aries were at Manhattan Mayhem was Austin Aries best wrestling match ever huh. wow it definitely I, I his entire career okay I mean I can definitely say it's best of his of his title runs both of them Mm-hmm. It's the number one match that jumps out at me for him as as world champion during either of his runs. Uh, overall, I don't know. I haven't seen every. Well, there's been nothing had, since but in second title run this in worth the salt in Ring of Honor. Um, hmm, in Ring of Honor, yeah, it's definitely. Uh, I, I'll put it in in a, in a top five Austin Aries list for sure. For his Ring of Honor matches, so, and I don't think, and I think there's no Gen Next, and I'm not just saying as far as members, but Alex Shelley was the voice of Gen Next at that very beginning. He, his ability to talk, I think, made even that that very first promo when he introduced everybody, the man who defies gravity, the wrestling machine, the Messiah of the backbreaker, you know. God's gift to wrestling, Alex Shelley. Like he, he in one promo managed to cement who Generation Next was at that show, and he created a mission statement that changed the course of the entire company. Mm-hmm. Look at the legacy that that you know. Obviously, Jack Evans kind of on the low end of the spectrum there, but. Look at the legacy that Austin Aries left in Ring of Honor. The legacy yeah. that Roderick Strong left in Ring of Honor. We'll talk a little bit more about that next week. But this is a guy that was, you know, a little bit of everything. Yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is he had the single best wrestling T-shirt of all time. Which one? With the the gun on the shirt and the at sign and then LX. Oh, his! I was gonna say we never made now. It was his shirt. It was his shirt. And I, yes, I de- desperately want to find a size large shirt. He is also uh, a member of the uh, What the Fuck Gear Club with his half yes. pants and half sleeves and one quarter, three quarter sleeve and the other ones in the, the yeah. <laughs> what is your gear? A, a unique fella. I wish I knew how to get get a hold of him. I would love to have him on the show. He'd be a lot of fun. Um, 
I don't. Yeah, I, I second. I second the Alex Shelley as an underappreciated talent, and uh, I th- I think in, in the case of Red, a lot of that was injury based. In the case of Alex, a lot of that was uh, was TNA based. I yeah. Mean, I, I, the 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 ins and outs of uh, of TNA and Ring of Honor's relationship. So we can blame TNA. So fuck you guys, Dixie. Um, grievance number four. Why were and I have no recollection of either of these two guys having any matches whatsoever in Ring of Honor. Nah. But why were Ryan Boz and Steve Stone never used? I don't know. They sucked. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I think there's no... They were IWM Mid-South guys. You know, like, I think Boz was tag champs with Trick Davis. I wrestled Boz. Uh, me and Davey Andrews wrestled Boz and Trick Davis uh, <clears throat> at Winter Wars 2K4, perhaps it was. Hmm. Um, it was December of 2004, that much I do remember, because Davey hyperextended his peck doing the heart attack. Oh. Just, just a little bit, yeah. It was, all, it was the same car ride where I thought Claudia was going to kill us in the car, as we were driving in a blizzard in Matt Turner's car with no functional windshield wipers. The wipers themselves functioned, but the spray did not. So Claudio just tail Claudio just tailgated cars so we could get the spray off the cars in front of us with the Honda wipers. And I'm just sitting there thinking, I hope this dude even has. Does this dude even have a driver's license in the U.S.? He is the, he is the Swiss Superman. Yes, yes, yes. But uh, I and I bought. Uh, I mean Steve Stone. I have no. The only Steve Stone I can. I mean, I I remember him being on some of the IWA shows I worked. I think he might be the guy that somebody cut holes in the pockets of his jeans uh, one night. I might be him. Uh, but I don't know. I just. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I guess they just didn't offer anything. That, All right. if, if Gabe even knew who they were. That's also another thing we could reference here is that Gabe didn't really watch a ton of tapes from everybody else. He relied a lot on other people recommendation uh, to bring talent in. Mm. So Ryan Boz, Steve Stone, grievance, not upheld. Number five, there are so many talented wrestlers out there right now, maybe more than ever before. Why is Ring of Honor signing Pierre Carl Ouellette? A.K.A. P.C.O. Who is 50 years old. Um, because he's hot. Desperate times call for desperate measures? Uh, no, because I think... With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's more just... 
it's hot. I mean, and this is not a and um, this is not a knock on him at all because I think what this dude is doing is awesome as far as putting oh, yeah. in work. Hold on, I'm not talking about PCO. Oh. Why are people booking David Arquette? Because He's it's putting hot. in the work, it, but it's hot and it's a headline too. It, it's an attraction. And he is putting in the work. He's hustling his ass off. He's working everywhere. He just put a whole awesome like like Twitter thread that I highly would recommend anybody to read about. Mm-hmm. He's like, I don't understand what I don't understand wrestling fans sometimes. I'm doing all the things that you're supposed to do, and yet you're still giving me shit. Eat my dick. That's basically what he said. <laughs> He's a heel. And and PCO is the same in, in in a similar vein in that he's put in the work now he's reinvented himself. It's not he's not uh, he's not a fat out of shape. Uh, um, I don't know. Insert any fucking wrestler who just tries to live off their name value. Greg the Hammer Valentine. There we go. We'll go. He's not an out of shape fat out of shape. Greg the Hammer Valentine. Uh, going out there and just collecting a paycheck because Greg the Hammer Valentine. I'm, I, I saw what what did I just see on on like a Twitter match? Like a 912 year old Dory Funk still having wrestling matches? Oh Jesus Christ that's still going on? Yeah. Uh, Why? He's, he's He's got he's changed himself his body his look he has a kind of a hook with the whole thing with the the, the, the what's the dude's name? Destro? Destro. Yep. Yeah like like the, the GI Joe guy, so I mean, it's 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 a. Uh, I don't I don't know what the long term viability of hit of PCO is, but right now, in a lot of ways, it's no different than signing. You know, trying to sign Zack Saber Junior. or signing Bandito. They're hot names right now. Yep. You want the hot names? That's what people. You know, people always lamented Ring of Honor not signing people like you know Sammy Callahan before he got hot. When he was, you know, kind of at his indie peak before he went to WWE, or why did they not sign? Um, I'm trying to think of other people that were like that. Uh, I'm now drawing blanks on other names right now, but I just remember people. Why didn't they sign these guys? Why didn't they pick up these guys? The There's always Uh-ha, reasons. Uh-ha for it. Nation. The, yeah, yeah. yeah things like of, the, the people like that go that. to Evolve and Dragon Gate and all that. Yeah, kind of yeah. And well, we're now we're now they're they're trying to sign every like. You know the the, the high tier indie names, and right now he's one of them. Yeah, I just think and, that that's an he act. He doesn't, he's not somebody they need to steal from MLW. So allegedly, allegedly, yeah, I, I think that's very allegedly too, as a matter of fact. But nevertheless, uh, so we're we're gonna kind of throw that one. That's not really a grievance, I guess. Yeah, I think it's more. I think that was more more of a question, statement. Like, uh, yeah, what is our opinion? Not putting the ROH title on Chris Hero as managed by Larry Sweeney was a mistake. They quote Tyson Kidd. Fact. Yes, that is a 100% fact. A grievance upheld for sure. Uh, and We've if you want to know more it. about that, check out the Chris Hero archives. Yeah, suffice to say, we both think it could have we it could have uh, been used as a stopgap uh, during Nigel's to give Nigel a little bit of recovery time in his title reign. And I mean, yeah, it would have made Nigel a two time champion because I think ultimately keeping the belt on Nigel was the better was the right move. Yep. But but I think Hero could have been used as a 
as a stopgap to let Nigel recover a little bit from some of the the injuries he had early on in his run at the end of there of um of 07. And grievance number seven. This is this was written as my favorite grievance of any of the grievances that we received. <laughs> it says Vordell Walker, period. <laughs> it's a work, brother. It's a work. Uh, I guess we were never really brought up for Del Walker at all. I don't think oh, other than a little bit during the Joe episode. Yeah. Yeah. It was just, he was one of the FIP guys, the Florida guys who, you know, came up and Gabe gave a little bit of uh you know, like the trios tournament part to putting him in a team with James Gibson and Samoa Joe. You know, it's a, definitely a little rub there. Well, that was the team, right? Brian, Joe, and Brian, Joe and Florida. Yeah. Brian, Joe and Florida. That's right. <laughs> You know, that's definitely a little rub. And he got, you know, a Samoa Joe match during the, uh, the, the, when, when we pretended like we were actually going to book Mick Foley against Samoa Joe and instead he wrestled Ebison and Vordell Walker. Ebitus Jack. Ebitus, Ebit, Ebit, yeah, Ebitaro, Ebison, whatever. Yes. Ebitus Jack. And not test. And the. Or Vader uh, or Mike Awesome or. Any of the other 8,000 names that were rumored to be. Yeah. So, Vordell Walker. He was kind of like a proto, I don't know, like a shooter gimmick, sort of. You know, he wore the fucking MMA gloves and black boots, black, black boots, black trunks. You know, Goldberg look. Kind of like a Goldberg look. And just... um. I don't think he was. Uh, I have no idea what he's like now. I don't even know if he still is working. Um, but I think I, you can watch it now and say, like, yeah, he, where Gabe was putting him, he was not ready for. Which, he, which then made the fans turn on him. A vacuum of and, a vacuum yeah. of charisma. Yeah, Just he wasn't atrocious. Wasn't there yet. He wasn't there yet. No, and I don't he's, know if he ever did get there. Yeah, I have no. I yeah, I have no idea because I didn't. I know he had like a fight with Rick Steiner during a match and Rick Steiner beat the shit out of him. You remember hearing about that. Yeah. I'll have to ask stars more or somebody else. Yeah. Down, I, I bet down, down in the, down in the Florida way of, uh, what's up any nowadays with Vordell Vordel, as he was sometimes called on commentary Vordel, like it's Vordell Vordel Mealy. <laughs> So, Vordell Walker, your grievance is upheld because he sucked. Uh, my man, Sean Kimmel, checks in. Sean's been a, a longtime friend of mine, even though he'll publicly tell you he hates my guts. Uh, he and I have been friends for a long, long time. He was Ringlord59 on the Ring of Honor message board back in the day. Uh, lives in Indiana. Shout out to his wife, Pam. Uh, Ugh, Indiana. His first grievance is... Ugh. Thought you might shed a little light on this. Why doesn't Colt Cabana wrestle for ROH? Does Sinclair not want him as an in-ring talent, or would Colt rather just do commentary? Or is there something else? You got anything? You've probably had more conversation with with Colt than I have. I know nothing. Okay. Yeah, I haven't haven't had a conversation with Colt in a few years, so I, I have no no light to shed on that. Um, all all I all I know is he would love to wrestle. Anywhere and anywhere at any time. Yeah. He I mean, loves wrestling. It's his life's passion. 
And you can also look on the bright side of it as I hope he's, you know, at least getting paid well to uh, yeah. preserve his body for the other shows that he does work. So. Correct. Yeah. And mm-hmm. being a commentator in one place and being a wrestler in another sells tickets. So I might, might make it more when he does have matches, a little more special, a little bit mean mm-hmm. something because he's stepping out from behind in the booth. Kind of like what they did with Carino. Yeah. I think Cabana should main event MSG. Just throwing that one out there. Against That's where who? I Matt Taven. All right. I'd like to see your, your booking logistics to get to that from where they're at right now. Uh, James, James <laughs> Lethal retires and Cabana is like, I'll take it over and give me the belt. Give me the belt. I'm just honest to God, like I'm just trying to find a way to put the title on Cabana in a big opportunity. Yeah. I think he'd rather win it in Chicago, but either way, he should know. be wrestling on the, the MSG that, show. That curse was never reversed. No. Despite having a DVD with that title. Mm-hmm. Um, and then here's two more grievances from Sean. Um, get a fuck. These are direct quotes. Get a fucking app for Amazon Fire TV and the Fire Sticks already. Damn near every other platform has an app. Why not Amazon products? Oh, for what? For like the, the Honor Club? Club oh, side. okay. Yeah. Who's at... Um, um, what, what gimmick does he use? Uh, Stephen Sutton. Oh, like, I know that's one thing he always has a problem with because he's in the UK. That whatever it is that he watches it on, uh, he can't. <laughs> so I think it just doesn't work. Hmm. I can't remember which one he has though. Yeah, I've got the yeah, Apple that's, TV. That's one of our the... one of our good our good listeners there. Yeah, uh, Apple TV, Roku. They have the app. Uh, guess Amazon does not. I don't know why. Uh, Sean, buy it. Buy an Apple. TV, I want to say everyone should be on the fucking PlayStation Store and make my life easier, so how I can watch it on my fucking computer instead of having to cast it from my tablet or my phone to my TV. It's Everybody true. should have a PlayStation app. Well, the HD Net episodes are on the PlayStation Store for Christ's sake. <laughs> Why can't I get the fucking Jesus. this app? Same goes for pretty much everything. How did we, how did we watch All In through the browser on the PlayStation's app store? Fight TV, get a fucking app. All of you, high spot, high spots, power bomb, get an app on the PlayStation Store. I don't know what it requires. Just make it happen. Just do it. Grievance upheld, I guess. Everybody should have. Fuck. I need protein intake. Every every app should have availability everywhere. So I'll, I'll agree with that grievance. My grievance is brought to you by Red Velvet Power Crunch. Ooh, I've had that before. It's good. Um, and then Sean's other grievance, final one, is why isn't the weekly TV show more available on cable or local TV? They own so many stations and cable channels. Why not put it on there on everything they own? I was under the impression that the TV show was on every single Sinclair affiliate. I, I assume it, well, I have no idea. I assume it was. I mean, I can watch it here in Philadelphia. I, I don't get I don't have a Sinclair station near me. Thankfully. <laughs> How do you not? They're like own Ohio. <laughs> they don't. They just don't. They tried to buy our Fox affiliate, which was part of the Tribune network. And oh. when the Tribune deal fell through. I heard it fell through because someone there had cancer. Yeah, and then they were fired. Yeah, yeah. 
High quality there. Good, 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 good employer. Good, great people. <laughs> High, top notch individuals yeah. over there. Yeah, but not, I say, I was under the impression, I was under the impression they were on most, if not all. I, I, there may be some. Why would you maybe they're, the maybe they're not stations? Maybe they're not on an affiliate in Indiana because it's Indiana. No, Indiana's <laughs> part of our Midwest brethren. It's like no, our, it's, the, our, it's, the, it's the Kentucky of of the Midwest. Okay, I can't. It's it's it, I, I, it's kind of like Delaware, like South, like Southern Delaware. It's why why does everybody here have a Southern accent? You're not in the South. Sean doesn't have a southern accent. That's impressive. My my family that lived uh, just outside of Indianapolis in Mooresville growing up, they developed these accents. They were out of Michigan for like six months, and suddenly they had these accents. Where the fuck do you sound like you're from the South? You're in Indiana. <laughs> I think I think though this is a fair grievance to to rule upon. I agree. Yes, I. That I they think should Indiana, have. I think people in the Midwest with southern accents is a valid grievance. God. <laughs> Well, you want you, you want to bash Indiana? Uh, Fort Wayne's favorite son, Mister Nathan Davis, chimes in. Uh, you might remember him as Russellholic underscore o eight, aka Russ L Holic on the ROH message board forum, and he chimes in with even Stephen booking during double shot weekends. Doing the win loss records thread was crazy because guys would win on Friday and lose on Saturday, or vice versa. It didn't always make sense, especially when they ran a lot of weekends. Guys can gain momentum off an O2 weekend. I so I think, think that's 50, a criticism 50 booking, of 50-50 booking. 50-50 booking was fucking terrible, and we did it a lot. Uh, uh, a lot. It's a crutch. <laughs> it is. It is. I think it was something, the more we ran, the more guilty we were of it. Um a, 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 I think it was one of the things that <clears throat> when I think about the times of 50-50 booking that made it really bad I felt like the HDNet era like the Pierce and the Delirious eras um, were really bad with the 50-50 booking especially you know, Adam's reign was very short lived you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things and Hunter's now been there longer than either Adam or Gabe combined uh Sadly, and I think it's it's I think it's something that's been a problem for a long, long time. It's not just one particular person who's been the booker. It's been a, a constant problem, and so you have a lot of people who end up just looking even and equal. And some of that is I some of think a lot of that in the, in the beginning. I mean, you're booking the 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 the, the wins and losses, like who's going up, who's going under. But in terms of even just in the content of the match, guys were constructing and still do construct a lot of their matches 50-50. I don't think that's a problem that's just, that's just exclusive during a bonner. You know, guys don't necessarily want to. I think as weird as it may sound, a lot of guys in wrestling are very unselfish. They want everybody to look good. <laughs> you know? When it comes to actual in-ring work, a lot of guys are like, they want to make sure... A lot of people want to make sure that their opponent gets their shit in, not just get my shit in, you know. And because if I and to a fault, you know, I just just a random example that pops in my head is not Ring of Honor related, but listening to um eighty three weeks and Bischoff was talking about his match with Flair, and he's like, 
Flair won't like just kept selling for me <laughs> because he wanted to make Eric look good because that's what he did. And it's it, that's I think can be a problem across the board unless you have someone who's agenting a match and saying, look, dude, you're challenging for the world title next. You need to look like the more dominant one, not like not this 50 50 bullshit where, you know, you both come out looking great. Somebody needs to move up here. You know, you're booking a number one contenders match against, say, like Davey and Hero in 2009, 2010. And it's never happened. I'm just pulling a match out of my ass. It's like two top top level guys who are both mm-hmm. treated as top guys. Like, OK, then a little more 60, 40, you know. 55 45 but if everybody's kind of like you hit your shit i hit my shit you hit your shit i hit my shit finish and then we come back with the rubber match and now the other guy's up and then we come back with another match and it's a draw (laughs) it's a law of diminishing returns it's, it's it's a way to get more matches out of people but it's also like all right nobody really comes out looking elevated necessarily um i think i feel like we did this with with Roddy and Jay when they had their matches. I felt like we did this with um, with Roddy and Tyler and the matches they had. It's um, trying to think of some other examples. Um, I felt like Hero booked as the knockout kid. You know, I felt like there was too much of that as opposed to actually knocking somebody out. Like what happened with Matt Riddle and Hero on that that takeover episode? Mm-hmm. That Hero should have been doing that shit in Ring of Honor, <laughs> where the match lasted exactly. five seconds. That never happened. Because uh, you yeah, were a DVD product. Even even just and you know people are paying for longer matches or whatever. Like, all right, well, you can still do that on TV. Then yeah. once we got an HD net, but. Now, I think 50-50 booking is a, is, is a, uh, a plight of wrestling in general, not, not exclusive to Ring of Honor or so, a single booker. So we will rule that Nathan Davis' grievance upheld. Yes. Our next uh, guest, if you will, with grievances is my friend Cameron Pond. Uh, notice I'm going to the old ROH message board forum. Uh, my old group that I would sit with at shows a lot of the times, different places. Cameron's from Boston, now living in Austin, Texas. Um, one of the funniest people I know. And uh, his first grievance was the first show he ever went to was the tent show. Way to make a great first impression. I think that's a fair grievance. I don't have any fucking control over that. The National Guard got deployed. <laughs> no, it was Connecticut. Connecticut. Oh, that one. I was thinking of not Gen X. It says the tent show. I was thinking of the first tent show. Oh. Again, we had no fucking control over that one or control over the weather. I'm not. I'm not storm. I can't make the clouds part and the sun come down and not have that's to a, rest. Mud. That's an X Man, right? That that is correct. That's correct. Yeah. Um, that thousand today. I'm going to say is, um, yeah, it sucked. It sucked. (laughs) It is a valid grievance. We did our best. So it was that or cancel a show. So what what would have been a bigger grievance? Canceling a show day of or uh, making it work? Yep. So 
you have the format in front of you. Uh, we're not going to read the third grievance. Nope. nope, that's completely invalid to anything. Yep. Uh, so, grievance number two, driving home nine hours from Philadelphia to Boston after the first HDNet tapings in a blizzard. Um, at least you didn't have to drive that in a ring truck, Cameron. I don't remember. I don't remember a blizzard in Philadelphia. The very first H and T tapings. The only one I remember that was in Philly was the TV title ones, as we mentioned in the archives last week, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Trying to forget we were in two thousand three hell last yeah. week. <laughs> um, so, I, yeah, I, I mean, obviously, we all have. All the, all of us that have driven long distances to in a ring truck or don't heal on my friend. I but we all have fucking blizzard. Could have stayed in the hotel. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, we we all have crazy travel stories. So Cameron, that's a grievance I can't uphold. Everybody's driven through some serious shit to get to a show. Yeah, that's not a grievance with the Ring of Honor. That's a grievance with the weather. Go yell, yeah. at, go yell at clouds, Grandpa Simpson. Well, you know, my conspiracy theory, and I stole this from Curb Your Enthusiasm, but I think it's true, is that I think some weather people, they report the opposite of what it's going to do for that day so that they can have the golf course to themselves. <laughs> like we have, we have a weather no. guy in Cleveland that is notorious for fucking up rain and it's completely sunny outside. I'm convinced he does that so he can go play around the golf. Because he does the six o'clock forecast, six o'clock and ten o'clock forecasts. His days are free. He tells us, "Hey, ah, it's going to rain from like ten thirty in the morning to about two tomorrow." That's about eighteen holes of golf. He's full of shit. So weather is not something we can control. No. And I guess that kind of applies to the tent show too. That you yeah. know, yep. the building locked you guys out. And it's available in the archives. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Tenta in a tenta. Night one, and it's got a funny picture of Gabe inside a circus tent as the graphic. <laughs> so we go to our pal Josh Tree Neiman up next. Josh also living in the state of Texas. Uh, originally from New York, though. And uh, I've known Josh... God. 15 years now? Same. I probably... Josh would have been one of the, the, the people who would be in the building before the fans. And I'd be like, who the fuck is this dude? Why is he in here? That's true. <laughs> yeah, it's that's true. Okay, Um. well... He looks like Soromon. Uh, he's 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 Lord of the Rings. Lord of, Lord of the Rings. Never yes. saw it. Yeah. Or, All right, I'm two for three now. All right. But he uh, is get to know him. One of one of the cool ones. One of the good ones. It's like the grandfather of of the Ring of Honor fans, I guess. Because huh. even. He's so old. Because even yeah, well, even when he wasn't old, he just looked old. He's like the opposite of OMD. Yeah, that's that's perfect. <laughs> he started old. 
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And just keeps looking older. Yeah, and he's he's a great guy. I really well, miss yeah. really miss him. Yeah, and, same. Uh, I hope one of one of the good ones, and I really mm-hmm. hope we catch up soon one day. I, I'd love to have him on on the show. Uh, Maybe you some... can both go to MSG together. Uh, I don't think he's coming up from Texas now that he's got a family and wife and a, a stepchild. and He's got his own uh, beer beer brewery. So maybe uh, if his brewery would like to sponsor our show... Or just send me the beers. Give me the beers. Just hand the beers over. Hand the beers over. Um, but anyway. his first his first grievance is something that we have talked about a lot on this show, and it's something that we'll hear a little later on in the show, actually. Um, the push of John Walters. And Josh says that uh, he's a nice guy, but he never got it. I think we've kind of... In our... In our our, our lifetime spent in 2003 in the last like <laughs> what feels like a lifetime we've spent in 2003 uh, have, have talked about this um, just in 2003 there wasn't there wasn't anything there Mm-mm. yet as far as a character and we talked about maybe there just also wasn't really time devoted to developing anything it didn't feel like uh, uh, there was no use of not really. There was no use of YouTube to to develop characters. There were, it was just whatever promos you could fit onto a DVD that's already three hours long of wrestling content. So it's just no. I don't think there was ever a solid solid enough wrestler in the ring. But yeah, just not that there was not that extra something that that boosted him. Yeah, he couldn't get separation in that in that point. Yeah. Um. And then his second grievance. Apparently, he just that, apparently he just had a match recently. Somebody te- I got oh. messaged by somebody and said that he was um working a match recently. Uh, Interesting. I have to see if I can find the link. Yeah, maybe a non ROH match of the week, if you there, will. There you go. Um, and then Josh's second complaint, I think, is something that affects pretty much everybody that I've mentioned previously uh, from the ROH message board and and fans alike. Uh, that have been around a long time. And I'm going to read this verbatim. It says, I haven't watched in many years. That's my complaint. Why is it no longer interesting to me after years of being a quote-unquote super fan? (sighs) 
I think you might be better at answering that question than myself. I honestly, I, 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 I've thought of, this is probably the one grievance that I have thought about more than anything. And I don't have an answer. Um, the only thing that I could kind of string together is that brotherhood and sisterhood to some extent of some of the female fans. Like we've all kind of grown up and like had to learn to adult as the kids say. <laughs> and even though Josh was like 78 years old back in the day and is now like 208 years old, I'm kind of in the same boat with him where I'm really happy when I get to see my friends do something cool, but I'm not like, I have to be there for it. Do you think it's lost that you think it's lost that, that it's lost the, the must see feeling it had for you. Um, I, yeah. And that's also a lot of, it's not, it's not the cutting edge product anymore. And, terms of the in-ring. I was going to say that what was cutting edge about Ring of Honor in 2002, 2005, 10, whatever, um, has permeated across the wrestling landscape. We said the way Red is kind of, the Amazing Red is underappreciated because what he brought to the table is now seen everywhere. What Ring of Honor honor brought to the table in the independent wrestling world before they became corporate wrestling because i mean that is what they are now they're owned by a corporation that what they brought to the table initially has been adopted by all of the indies that have been born in ring of honors wake um everything you see is some influence from ring of honors existence and the any indies that have pretty much sprung up in the last decade especially you know, those, 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 you can't, the influence is very clearly there. The stylistically, it's there. It's uh, pr- presentation, I think, is there in some ways. It's so Ring of Honor is not as special, maybe, anymore because there's so much content out there and it's so easy to see almost all of it between high spots and WWN and Fight TV and. Powerbomb, Powerbomb TV. TV, and everything else. So, but I think even as a wrestling fan, if you just watched Ring of Honor, mm-hmm. and you only watch, you know, maybe you watch WWE, but you, you watch <laughs> Ring of Honor because it's your independent, it's the one you identify with. It's just not cool anymore. You think? And it's I think because of it, because of it being owned by. Uh, and I, I was be, and it be because of it being owned by a corporation and the the figurehead of that company being your Jewish grandmother or David Stern, former NBA commissioner. Now, now I think Joe looks more like a grandmother than David Stern, but there's I, definitely a resemblance. I, I don't. They may be like Irish twins. Yeah, I, I just don't think I don't think Joe Coff has anything to do with it. I think uh, it, I'm just it, I'm just like thinking of like feel presentation. You're seeing like you know, yeah, there's something about it, Carrie that was that different feel as a as a as a as a representative of the company than Carrie Carrie than was Joe. a more re, more relatable person because he was at the door shaking your hand. Mm-hmm. He was somebody that you know if you had something you wanted to relate to him mm-hmm. uh as far as an issue or a compliment you could literally just email him 
Like, do you think, I don't know. I don't know why this just randomly popped in my head. So Ring of Honor is now one boy corporation. So you automatically have that evil taint, regardless of right. what their parent company is in yes. reality. Uh, they, it, it kind of, it taints the, 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 the brand in some way mm-hmm. of Ring of Honor from what it was, from how it was born. It just, it made me think like, just now popped in my head like, well, I wonder if that's how people would have felt about ECW in 1997 if they would have known that Vince was keeping them afloat. Yeah. If people would have been more cognizant of the fact that WWE is funneling money into ECW to keep it alive. You know? And sending talent there. And sending talent there. Now, if on kind of on the other hand, in regards to that same comparison, Evolve is taking, is getting talent from NXT. Mm-hmm. And, well, and Gabe, admi- Gabe admittedly, is, admittedly has been like, well, the last show we had, we drew like 12 people. This next show with Fabian Archer on it, we drew, uh, you know, 500. So math. <laughs> yeah. We get a bigger draw by having them on our shows. OK. Yeah. And it's it's not about creating that unique underground art anymore. Um, I I just think. At the end of the day, the the biggest thing it comes back to is our lives have changed so much from where we were five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, that, yeah, it's something we've, that's been a part of our lives for as long as we can remember in many cases, Mm. but other things, family, jobs, keeping a roof over your head, all these things have taken on such more important meaning. And I, I didn't really want to talk about this, but I guess me going to MSG in April, that's kind of like my, my walk off my, my Lou Gehrig speech. If yeah. You, want. you know, it's not necessarily goodbye, but it's kind of like, Okay, this is as high as it's going to get. Mm-hmm. See you later. Yeah. Good luck. Just to, just to, I guess to um, the podcast isn't going anywhere any any anytime soon though, guys. Don't worry. No, no, no. And he means that. About. Yeah, and it actually isn't going anywhere. We're just, you know, <laughs> we're just talking. We don't ever go anywhere, do we? No, not really. No. We just sit um, here on Skype all day and yeah. Night. No, I, I see what you mean. It's this is kind of the 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 culmination of your fandom. You know, this is some place you never thought you would be fourteen years ago. No, and nobody ever thought the company would be fourteen years ago. So it's kind of like awesome. I'm gonna enjoy the the moment for what it represents. I'm going for two people. I'm going for well, three if you count myself. But I'm going for Carrie Silken. Because I feel like this is Carrie's dream, and Carrie has done so much for me personally over the years, and done so much for people that I care about over the years, that I feel like I want to be there when Carrie gets celebrated. The other person I'm going for is Greg, Greg H., um, who, if Tree is the grandfather, Greg is the great-grandfather of things. Um the fan bond that made Ring of Honor so special for so long 
that doesn't really exist on a grand scale anymore is because of Greg. And I'm going to get to sit with Greg at Madison Square Garden to see Ring of Honor and New Japan. And Greg is somebody that I deeply respect and care about as a friend and a mentor in both business and personal things he's kind of helped me with over the years. And I'm going for those two guys. Hmm. Um, obviously, if Rhett's on the show, then that'll be important, too. But yes. Um, well, Delirious will still have a job, so. All right. But that so, I think that's a fair grievance. Oh, well, Josh, I don't think this one qualifies exactly as a grievance. It's more just like a, a pondering. Yes. Maybe so we'll we- have you on the show and debate it internally into the hello it is ryan and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day couldn't we just to make up for things like sitting in traffic doing the dishes counting your steps you know all the mundane stuff that is why i'm such a big fan of chumba casino chumba casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere with daily bonuses that should brighten your day a little actually a lot so sign up now at chumbacasino.com that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Future. Um, but anyway, send, send Shane some of that beer. Justin Lack chimes in. Justin, uh, I have no idea what his message board name was, but he was on the board. I've known him for a long time. He's a crazy dude. Um, his grievance. Went to a show in Boston once. My girlfriend thought it was too long. The show had Punk and Raven on it. So that means it was beating the odds. I'm going to guess it was beating the odds. I mean, this is kind of a... Expect the unexpected, maybe? Maybe. I have no fucking clue, because I think they... Yeah. Yeah, it was a Ring of Honor show. They're all too long. Grievance valid. There's not really any substance to this one, so... Valid grievance. Ring of Honor shows are too long. My grievance is more with that girlfriend of his. What were you doing dating Justin? Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Love you, buddy. Uh, Stu Clemson, our Patreon member, uh, one of the, the nicest people that I've gotten to meet uh, through doing this podcast and talk to on social media. He and I always have our back and forths on Twitter about different topics. Uh, he's got a couple grievances. Uh, these are pretty interesting ones, actually. Out of all the compilation DVDs that ROH has released, why on earth didn't they put a release together? of an ROH versus CZW compilation, considering how hot the whole feud was at the time. It was called Ring of Hardcore. Look at the, look at the, the most of the content of that DVD. Uh, this, kind of, this kind of leads me into a couple different avenues of conversation, actually. Um, Ring of Hardcore was the Ring of Honor versus CZW DVD. Because what can we do? We can't brand a CZW on a Ring of Honor product. It's true. DJ would have wanted money that wasn't his. That's the best way I could look at it. I mean, that's how that's how we kind of looked at it. Is we we put CZW on there, then we have to give CZW money, presumably. And it's our footage. It's our, but you know, we can't. I look. We think we looked at it as we can't use CZW as an advertising point. Um. So. We called it Ring of Hardcore and made most of the Ring of Honor CZW matches around that DVD. It was the same. 
year one was born out of our desire to make a best of Loki without having to call it a best of Loki. That's how the year one, that's how the year series started. You know, you find ways around being able to find ways to do what you want to do without having, you know, and that's what we did. Bring up hardcore. That's your CZW DVD. So he follows that up with, uh, also in reference to the CZW story, um, did you agree with Brian turning heel at Death Before Dishonor 4? And were the correct CZW stars used throughout the feud? Who would you uh, like to have seen if... Uh, well, I think the Brian was absolutely brilliant. It was fucking great. Uh, it's one of my favorite moments from the Cage of Death, is Brian's turn in the match. Uh, as far as other CZW people, uh, I, 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 I don't know. <laughs> Gage... That's that's the one that stands out to me. I guess because as we talked about in the the episodes in the archives, um, it's not like you were seeing CZW originals. You know, you weren't getting wife beaters and lobos and whatnot in the in the in the the, the main matches. They had, they had spots. Mondo actually would have kind of cool. Um, yeah, I heard him on the Steve Austin podcast. He's a yeah. fascinating guy. Yeah, he was he was another one. I think who was. Uh, a bit ahead of his his time and I don't know if tainted's the right word by the by the ultra violent stigma, but I think there was so much more to offer there too than he just had a lot. He had a lot to offer, I thought. because um, I didn't really know him until he was pretty much on his way out. So I never met him, but I mean like, I didn't really know anything no, about him until he was on his way out. But uh, my roommate, at the, my early roommate, Jesse Robinson, was a huge fan of his. So that's how I kind of learned about him. Um, now, I, I think the right people were used as far as who could be on the shows and have matches. As far as story goes... Uh, yeah, like having Super Dragon on the team and to a lesser degree, Nate Webb on the team. Um, eh. But, you no, know, I was okay with it. You know, we got Necro, Hero. Those were the big ones. Kingston's introduction at the end. That was a big storyline point that should have been expanded upon more as to why it was a big deal. We mm-hmm. talked about that. On the, the the Cage of Death episode, it was just kind of left as, oh, if you're an indie wrestling fan, you know why this is a big deal, instead of expounded upon it all. Um, but yeah, there's not a, there's not a much I would change about the way the CZW thing went, um, except for, you know, no real reason to pay J.J. Dillon money. That's a grievance. Just the, cool, just the, just the coolness to have J.J. Dillon on a show, that's all. So not really much of a grievance, but more of a... A, a thought process to this whole thing. Um, second second uh, statement from Stu. Uh, he said that uh, although we previously mentioned on an episode that Homicide's title win was more about his journey to the title, why was his reign so short? Homicide is one of his favorite all-time wrestlers, and him beating the almost unbeatable Brian at the time was an absolute mark-out moment for me. Only for him to lose it with hardly any fanfare at all. No disrespect to Morishima. I think that's all what it was about the moment. I mean, mm-hmm. sometimes that's what, what what it is. 
Uh, it was a huge deal for Steve Austin to win the belt at WrestleMania 14. He lost it two months later and won it back the next night on TV. <laughs> he was it, on it at WrestleMania. It two months later, I thought he lost the Backlash. No, Backlash didn't exist yet. He's unforgiven over the edge with the two Foley matches. Then he lost to the King of the Ring. To Kane. Kane. And then he won it back the next night on Raw. It was Maybe I'm thinking of, of 15. Lost 15? It back to Rock. Backlash. I, maybe. I don't know. I don't remember. That's Either way, my, he won the belt. My, my, my point being, uh, he... It was the story of Hamasa winning the belt in New York. Mm-hmm. Getting a few title defenses, and then the monster comes and destroys him. Yep. So... Unfortunately, Stu, we appreciate your patronage, but your grievance has not been upheld. (laughs) Uh, Number three, at the start of 2007, TNA began offering exclusive contracts to the likes of Homicide, Samoa Joe, etc., resulting in a lot of big-name talents leaving. He was wondering why Kerry didn't try to entice those who left to stay with ROH, either by offering contracts or some other method. If it was purely a financial reason, do you think there was ever a chance Gabe maybe could see the writing on the wall considering his time in ECW was slightly similar? You can't really offer contracts to people that are already under contracts to TNA. And that well, was the I, case of like Homicide and Aries and some of the people who had to that they had to leave when we were we went on pay-per-view. Bye-bye. They had to go. I think he's kind of saying, like, before they signed their TNA deals, if they came to carry and said, oh, hey, we were, I've got this offer. We were not in any financial position to guarantee people. <laughs> like, right. And even the original contracts we, we offered people in, like, 2008 or nine or whatever it was. Uh, it was 07 when those con- the first set of contracts with respect is earned. Remember that was when everybody got insurance, mm. quote unquote. Yeah, uh, but it was just it was. Nah. It's not like guaranteed money. It was just like this is how much you get paid. It wasn't guaranteed money, guaranteed dates. Right now, it, it was just we weren't we were being run out of Carrie's pocket. You know, there's no not, the money wasn't there. You know, you did the best you could to protect yourself, and you know. Keep give people reasons to stay, but it, it can only go so far when you're one man footing the bill. Well, so that's another grievance we're going to, unfortunately, Stu, have to not uphold. But we appreciate you writing in. You've got one final grievance, and I think this is an interesting one. He says, finally, there have been two very prominent summer of punks in wrestling history with the ROH version potentially being seen is a big turning point for the company with the way they handled the situation. His issue was that there was a sense of animosity or otherwise toward Punk or the WWE when 2011, they basically ripped off the storyline with the whole pipe bomb and name-dropping ROH and Cabana. Did anyone consider this disrespectful, or was it purely hay-free advertising? Hay-free advertising, because if you remember, people were like, oh! He said Ring of Honor on TV. He mentioned Cole Cabana's name. Hi, Cole Cabana. Yeah, exactly. Um, we thought it was funny. Uh, I, th- I don't think, I don't remember the exact timeline, but uh, 
wouldn't be surprised if the summer of punk DVD came into existence. Correct. It did. Uh, our summer of punk DVD came into existence right around the same time. Like it did. All right. This is where it came from. He won the belt at, at SummerSlam, I believe, in Chicago. Money in, the, Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank in Chicago. And that would have been in July or the promo with the promo was May. the raw, like right before that. So it would have been May. I'm pretty sure that DVD was out in August. Probably. We, August we turned it around as fast as we turned it around pretty quickly. Because that was totally done in-house by Eric. That was not at the point where Sinclair was doing their stuff down there. Eric did that one. And um, there, I, it, was, I guess it gave he, us it gave us a, a, mar, a marketing point. We could sell much these like Matt Hardy, and we sold the fuck out of that. So we sold the fuck out load out of that of the Silver Punk DVD. That we that you did, which was wow. a point of contention anyway. Down, yeah. Do you want your royalty money? No. Okay. Stop making the DVDs. We own the footage. We're trying to give you money for it. Okay. <laughs> CM Punk, why must you be so difficult? Mm. I wasn't the only one. Other people had issues with it. Command had issues with the comp DVD, even though it's like, we're going to pay you for it. And you, we own this footage anyway. We can do what we want with it. I think that's really what it was. Yeah. Um, and we have the and, and papers to, of the, you know, to show that you signed releases for your, you know, Another reason why we never made a low-key one. He ne- would never sign the papers that I was... I mean, it was before my time, but that's what I was told. He would never sign the uh, the release papers. And he had incorporated his own name, And but that's neither here nor there. That's a a sidebar. But yeah, it was did, free did advertising. He, did he incorporate Gangsta Key? No, it was Key Crush 99 or whatever it was. It was his, uh, was his thing, if I remember right. Gangsta, um, Gangsta Key coming to a best of compilation near you. He doesn't yeah. own it, so we'll sell it. Yeah, but um, no, it's, it was free advertising. It wasn't. I don't. I don't. I think it was very clear. Like, there's no way to look at this and say that anybody could say, "Oh, this is a coincidence." Like, no, you have a, literally have a a blueprint to do this in front of you. And uh, hell, we ripped ourselves off. To- couple years later when 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 tyler black left he was basically doing the exact same promos Mm -hmm. leading up to glory by honor nine when he left so just not nearly as well we we did it we basically did it twice in ring of honor before wwe did it the first time and then i thought that's where they i thought that that's the road they were going to go down with uh with cody wrestling jay lethal at final battle this 2018 too. Mm-hmm. I did as well. I'm like, come um, on, don't repeat yourselves for a third time. <laughs> well, listen, I, I think to an extent, the famous punk promo that he did about the snake, uh, yeah, from Death Before Dishonor, the, mm-hmm. the snake story. Mike Bennett redid the promo. Oh, he did, word for word. Really? Yes. And that promo was ripped off from, um, um. Uh, Kill Bill. Was it not? Mm, I'm now two for four. Was it? I've never God, seen I, Kill I, Bill. I, okay. Either of I feel like and then or I feel like two, that, I mean the pro, the promo itself had a as as an origins and like, you know, old folk tales and maybe stuff, but I feel like story. Maybe it's a biblical story, but yeah, it's 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 got references in old folk tales, but I feel like it got used in Kill Bill as well. Could have been. Yeah. 
So that's where Punk got it from. Wow, when did Bennett do it? Uh, when he restarted the kingdom, if I remember correctly. Okay. Uh, Maria was out there. I think it was Cole and Taven. Okay. Joining his his group at that point. Um, so, Stu, we appreciate the grievances, but uh, unfortunately, my friend, you batted 0 for 4. Um, hopefully, Philip Rivers can deliver for you in the playoffs, and uh, the Chargers can reward the big man for all of his years of hard work. Listen to an honorable mention every Tuesday on your favorite podcast provider, courtesy of the Creative Control Network. Hosted by Jeff Schwartz and Ring of Honor alumni Shane Hagedorn, they cover the history of Ring of Honor wrestling, from the promotion's humble beginnings to the present day, bringing every fan over the guardrail and behind the curtain with humor, respect, and honor. An honorable mention is presented by It's a DVD Product.com, your home for exclusive t-shirts and hoodies featuring signature lines from the show. Get the latest news on an honorable mention by following them on Facebook and Twitter at an honorable pod an honorable mention with jeff schwartz and shane hagedorn part of the creative control network every tuesday on your favorite podcast providers from the big red machine courtesy of rohworld.com and i have a grievance with that whole forum they got a lot of weirdos over there my god (laughs) but big red machine is not one of them he's a avid listener and a great guy um so he's got a lot of uh grievances here and He says, quote, I've been a pretty vocal critic of the current regime for its poor storytelling and lack of character development, as well as a style of booking shows that feels like it strangles the shows into mediocrity by not giving almost all of the matches the necessary time to reach their full potential. Uh, I'm going to kind of shortcut some of this because it goes on for a while here. But it says, I think it's more responsible... His biggest grievance with ROH is the more responsible they are for dragging the product down and disappointing the audience is that they're being mediocre and not bad is how far the promotion has strayed from its identity. So his, his, I guess to sum up in, in short form, his First grievance is that they have strayed so far from their identity, they're not Ring of Honor anymore. It's, I don't, it's, it, that's. Is WWE, WWF anymore? It's the. It's tough. It's. T- it's I mean, not. You can look at it as an evolution of the identity of Ring of Honor, but I, I know what I know what he means as far as I. It seems as if, from my, as you know, we've mentioned a few times, what my my knowledge of the current product is very limited. But what I do read from results and get from you know information, secondhand information from what you do see is that there's a lot of reliances on shitty finishes and interference, and inter- interference, and DQs and. and you know, I talked about it a little bit on the, the Jericho Cruise Patreon that you can listen to on New Year's Eve. So I guess in that way, because that was not something that was a staple, but that's something else that became increasingly part of the product as it got older when it became, okay, you want to tell a serialized product? Eventually, I guess you have to dip into some storytelling tools besides nothing but clean finishes. 
Uh, so I guess it, what it comes down to is how much do you rely on them? Yeah, and, and he talks about how now the identity of the promotion is fuck finishes and how his he says that the ROH is the preponderance of, of fuck finishes. And that was such a large part of the word honor at the start of the company without now the company just doesn't have any honor in the wrestling. Yeah, the code of honor from what I gather nowadays just means they shake hands. Pretty it doesn't much. really have anything else to it but that. So, yep. But that was, again, something that the, the, the idea of the code of honor as we kind of poked fun at in the final battle episode is it just became suggestions of honor. Mm-hmm. And then it just became, uh, oh, yeah, this thing still exists, kind of. And now it's just if you don't shake hands, that's, yeah, kind of hard to acknowledge that a code of honor when ref bumps are prevalent and DQs are prevalent. And yeah. Well, Big Big Red Machine sent us a very long uh, grievance, and I think that pretty much sums up his grievance. Uh, I don't want to read the whole thing because it'll take a long time. I mean, a page worth of grievances. Yeah, it's all all valid. And it's all 100% valid. But I do want to make sure to plug his, his website that he asked us to plug. And that is www.thewrestlingrevolution.com, where you can find reviews of wrestling shows uh, of every stripe by himself and many other wonderful writers, as well as the friendliest pro wrestling internet forum in the world. And that just sounds like an oxymoron, but I'll take his word for it because he sent us this wonderful grievance that uh, we will end the written portion of the grievances the rest of them you'll actually hear the audio uh coming your way shortly so uh we appreciate big red machine for sending over his grievance and we we uphold his grievance and want to send everybody over to the wrestlingrevolution.com after they go buy all the shirts and hoodies at it's a dvd product.com So our first audio grievance is going to actually come from a former guest of the show, uh, somebody that has participated in some watch-alongs. Uh, he is a former Ring of Honor Wrestling Academy graduate and the current reigning and defending Pro Wrestling Explosion World Champion. He's also undefeated. He's never been beaten in two years of, of the company's existence, so I just want to point that out, too. Undefeated. Big facts. Yeah. Uh, and he is the official... Honorable mention, best friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Alex Payne has some grievances, and uh, we're going to play them for you now, and then we'll discuss. So if you'll allow me a minute to load it up, we'll be ready to go. Now, I have not heard these yet, because I was not in the room when you guys recorded them. So, All right. Let's, well, we're gonna... uh, let's, let's see what, uh, what, 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 we've, what he's got. All right. Three, two, one, play. If you have the video, if you have the video on Patreon, you can watch Jeff fumbling with his his cell phone. I'm, play I'm hitting file. play in the email. Uh, was gonna make for shitty podcast material. <laughs> no, it's entertaining. It's entertaining to watch. No, it's not. It's <laughs> frustrating. Professional it's here. Me. <laughs> You're. <laughs> 
It's entertaining me. You're not our target demographic. I forgot to switch <laughs> it off of Bluetooth. <laughs> Moron. All right. Oh. We're going to play them in three, two, one. And I'll give you like the hand point when it's on. So this is Alex Payne, formerly of Ring of Honor fame. Um, my grievance is HDNet and the beginning of that era. The start of the HDNet era with Ring of Honor seemed hopeful. Seemed hopeful. It, everyone was excited. Um, Tyler Black, Davey Richards, uh, my friends. We all like we all were excited for this new era is going to usher in Ring of Honor to the future, um, given Ring of Honor more lifeblood to stick around for and doing all these uh, arena tapings. Um, the downs the, the downside to this whole thing is it became less of like became less of a new breath of fresh air and more of we just we shoehorned an idea that Ring of Honor is now a TV product and our stories were just not jiving up with what's going on consistently with TV, pay-per-view, and the live events. You now had three different you had three different worlds you're trying to tie in at once. And I, for one, uh, as someone who was affected by this, I had just come off of <clears throat> working pay-per-views for the last, you know, two, three months. Um Having decent matches, three ways, four way matches, tag matches on there, having, you know, my first major victory on pay per view, and then going to TV and doing enhancement roles and not having any follow up that made it sound like Alex Payne could be doing more with that character or with something we can build him up to. Feel like an underdog style of a wrestler. Um, and at that time frame, Sugarfoot wasn't was over enough in in Chicago, and Adam thought he could make Sugarfoot Alex Payne be over in a Philadelphia area. And unfortunately, White Meat Babyface doesn't get over in Philly, no matter how I would explain this to to Adam and anyone else I could that would listen to me. And unfortunately, that's that's a that's a, my my personal grievance. But I thought, as a whole, HGNet's influence on the Ring of Honor that we once knew kind of diminished it, uh, turned into a product that you had three matches and it, and two matches were squash types and maybe a main event that really didn't jive up with what Ring of Honor is all about. It was all about like, athletic contests, and instead of trying to do you know three to four minute squashes two of them and then have a 15 minute main event you kind of watered down like the heart and soul of like the undercard and kind of almost made a lot of the undercard guys seem useless or meaningless uh during that era and it's a damn shame because there was potential there to be in a ruckus show like a like an ecw on tnn but it just never really panned out to be so that's alex's first grievance and I think as you were both nodding our head, um, which is pretty much what I did the entire time he was talking. He didn't say anything that was remotely um, wrong or inaccurate. Now, some something we, we, we both agree with and we've discussed in this show before how uh, how 
turning Ring of Honor into a TV product that was an ill fit. And HDNet was a vain attempt at it. A learning process. I mean, the the, the good parts of HDNet were in the, the learning how to work TV and cameras and um, time, especially, being a huge thing that I think did help going forward for Ring of Honor. Uh, I, I, I think I can confidently say that aside from some glaring exceptions like Final Battle 2009, uh, the HDNet experience did help the guys learn how to stick to times a lot better because they didn't have a choice on TV. It became ingrained in them. But yeah, the, the product as a whole, I, it, I don't think it benefited Ring of Honor. And I think it definitely lacked in the the lower tier, the lower card uh, matches to do anything for anybody. There were a few stories, you know, a little like Brent and Claudio and the little embassy stories here and there. But for the most part, I th- I feel like when I look, when I think back on it, that yeah, Alex is right that the the undercard was uh, a, a neglected portion of of HDNet. And not only that, I mean, you had fifty two or fifty four minutes of television and a roster that was pretty large in the grand scheme of things. Um, I know Gabe had talked prior to HDNet in late two thousand eight about cutting the roster down. And nobody was really cut down. Uh, If anything, you added job guys and, you know, some indie names. The Young Bucks started. um, And stopped and started and stopped and started. (laughs) It's funny how things end up a decade later. For yeah, we can't if we can't we can't afford to fly you to now you can make money for us. <laughs> so to now we're starting our own promotion. Mm-hmm. So peace out. Delirious, you're you're a doofus. We're out. Quote unquote. Um but that was his first grievance, and I think we can both agree. Grievance upheld. Upheld. You should have had a gavel. Two. I I tried to find like a rubber one, like a real cartoony rubber one. Mm-hmm. And like, I went to a bunch of Walmarts and targets, couldn't find anything. Oh, okay. Well, but I wanted to make it as cartoonist as, as possible. Maybe next year. So grievance number two from Alex Payne. My second grievance is the whole pure wrestling division in 2004 pretty much being for nothing yes aj styles was gone yes aj styles had to forfeit the championship but literally right after he's gone there's no mention of the title there's no mention of the division and you have a lot of guys that were purest wrestlers that you never really did much with afterwards you didn't give Matt Stryker more of a a gimmick or nor did you try to work with him to create a personality or create something more out of kind of nothing unfortunately or Chad Collier that could have been more of like a a Matt technician to turn Dean Malenko hillbilly type you know something to the degree where you can really massage some personality into the division and unfortunately it really kind of let them just go and like and and hang themselves without any direction it looked like um 
you kind of try to make up for it by doing the the four ways to to recrown the title and rechristen the championship itself. But you had guys that could utilize that title right off the bat, whether it renames or not doesn't matter. Uh, you had Alex Shelley, you had Roderick Strong. You could have really really strapped a rocket to one of those guys, become a major force and a major champion in the mid card because that really the world title was so big at that time. And the tag titles were still, you know, trying to get their feet under themselves uh, a little bit more. I know the Second City Saints and the Prophecy and the Briscoes were trading them for quite a while. But the pure title, if you're going to try to attempt to make it something on par with the World Championship or even just give it a better or quicker, fresh start instead of killing it off for three months and building it back up until wait until like July, August to do so. You had guys, you had Gen X coming in that you were going to build up. There would have been a perfect opportunity to get a title strapped around Alex Shelley or even maybe even Aries. You know, it depends on who, you, who you're talking to or, or you're suggesting who's the big, the big name at that point. And you could have done more with them or made a John Walters into more of your Chris Benoit style wrestler for that division. Um, I thought he had something. You just needed to like push him to become either more of like a, a serious tactical wrestler where people could get behind him more. Maybe he's maybe he's a silent killer, but the truth is you you didn't do anything with him. I didn't feel like there was any direction. And after a while, some of those guys that were purist style workers, unfortunately, kind of got got the got the bag because no one helped push the personality because. You had big personalities like Punk and Cabana around and Alex Shelley around and Aries and Joe, but you could have massaged more of the, the opportunity for these guys to bring more personality out of them or just make it a wrestling title and have Roderick Strong or Alex Shelley be the carrier of that division. Alex, you managed to say Benoit and Killer in the same like run-on sentence. I, I held it in much better than you did. Um, but I think he's I think he's on to something with his initial point, though. You know, AJ has to leave because, well, we'll pretend you said 18. And you have something that you were pushing very strongly toward the end of 03 into early 04. And then it just kind of falls by the wayside all the way through the summer. Yep. Yep. Um, it, that would have been something that, good for the Midwest, you know, that April well, shot. Yeah. Yep. I, I don't know if it was just, if there was a reason why Gabe decided to just let it be until July. It's not like, it's not as if AJ was the one who was uh, pretending someone said 18 and, you know, wanted to distract from that. The the, the belt had nothing to do with, 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 with you know, with him, it I'm not, I had nothing to do with what happened in March of 2004. So I, I don't know why AJ leaving necessitated leaving the belt uh, dormant from until July. Much less rebranding the name of the belt. It just I mean it's kind of silly. I, I didn't really understand it. I didn't understand it then. I don't understand it now why he chose to do that. Uh, when there were so many people who seemed like their sole purpose in even existing in Ring of Honor uh, by that point was because of that division. Instead, we, I don't know, people just kind of uh, floated or and flitted around 
you know, with nothing to do. And that's until John the, Walter started wearing genie pants. <laughs> that's the thing. We, we talked about this a couple of times now. You know, Chad Collier outside of the ring is somebody who's real life wacky personality. Never really made it onto camera. Um, Matt Stryker. I don't really know much about him other than unibrow. Um, John Walters, you know, you could have made him into a not you know, genie pants wearing. Yeah, like whatever a, you, that you was. You could have made him a serious wrestler. And, I swear and, that was just like he said, "Hey, John." Game was just like, "Hey, John, uh, I want to wear these pants and join the embassy, and just to see if he'd do it." And then he did it. It was like, I, just, I didn't think he'd do it. He did it. Fuck! What do I do now? But the the idea that Alan, seem... no, it, it didn't fit. Now. Nah. The pants were too big for his waist. <laughs> but it, just didn't, it didn't. It didn't fit at all. And uh, yeah. the idea, the idea that Alex and I talked about after we recorded this was something that I had thought about years ago. Was putting Stryker and Walters and Collier and BJ Whitmer together in a faction of guys, and you kind of would have BJ as your your heavy hitter. You have Collier as the wacky mouthpiece uh striker is kind of your arnie anderson and collier is kind of your 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 flair in this idea and john walters is your worker guy you know on daniels can get josh daniels back in the picture yeah i mean josh, josh daniels, daniels was still part he was still drifting in and out and around for 2004 you know it would have been a good vehicle to introduce nigel mcginnis I mean, any combination thereof in yeah. of that yeah. group, you could have found roles to expound upon their personalities, and it just never happened. No, no, but even with what he did, I just, I just, yeah, I don't understand letting the pure title lie dormant for five months after trying to, uh, four months after kind of promoting it so heavily, just because of stupidity and dumb shit like okay well age you can't be here anymore we need to crown a champion go could have done that i look at it you could have done the i don't know maybe it was because it was match i don't know shows were already laid out i have no idea but i think the 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 reborn stage one and stage two weekend would have been a good vehicle to crown that new champion instead of waiting until um completion in july absolutely uh, well, we've got more from Alex. Oh, Christ. My third grievance would be Gabe Sapolsky. <laughs> Not for the fact that he's someone who wasn't creative. He surely was. But Gabe from as a fan's perspective and as someone who worked for the company seemed to have it's either it's my way or the highway and yes you may had influences or at least requests from carrie or concerns from sid and ross but in most cases if it didn't jive up with what you looked at as what's over of your own roster i felt um, I can go as far back as the pure wrestling division and how that didn't get over as well as it could have and the potential of the guys you had and the access to people you had as well. Um, I know 
going beyond that, there, there's other concerns, like some of the creativity what came down to like the special K angle that people just love dearly. What comes down to the shit in the bag, like you could have found a better opportunity to give the Carnage crew after a big victory, a big victory for them, something they sink their teeth into and have a push to become the tag team champions. Um, we can go as we can go into the, the fluctuation of trying to get the embassy on, on, uh, on its legs and all these incarnations and, and turning John Walters into, into, into Aladdin essentially until you found, until you found uh, Jimmy Rave and thank goodness Jimmy Rave came around because it helped but there, there's a lot, like there's a lot, of, a lot of situations where the booking does not jive up with the personalities you're trying to push at the time, or the booking is just w- very one-sided and not and you hadn't looked at other people's potential. Uh, I'm not saying myself uh, personally. Uh, uh, I'm saying those guys that work the company that I felt could have been in a better role. Or could have been in a stronger position. I'll even take Adam Pierce for example. Adam, I'm not the biggest fan of in the, in his booking period with Ring of Honor, but when he brought him in, guy has size. The guy's got personality. The guy can work. The guy could have been treated more like a world championship contender than he was, and instead he was treated more like the mid card act. He had charisma he had the in-ring ability he's definitely great fodder for a nigel mcginnis title reign he could have been someone who could have challenged brian danielson and had a probably a really good match um whether it was brian in his face run or his pseudo heel run in between his run in between his title reign i think there's a lot of potential and that you left out and you only short-sighted yourself by not seeing a bigger growth and bigger potential in some some of these personalities, um, I can go as far as I can say even like Delirious. Yes, you pushed him to the to the moon while he was un, under your thumb for a while. Um, I feel he's a guy that could have been a bigger, greener personality for everyone to enjoy uh, outside of you know the heel turn you gave him. Which also segues me to thinking about the students and the potential that left not myself by no stretch of imagination. Um, I see it more so potential in Shane and in Red Titus and Pele Primo exponentially that Pele became a ragdoll and abused one too many times and could have been someone who could have been a true underdog, a one, two, three kid. Um, a Shawn Michaels style worker and could have been someone that could have been at his stature and could have been a great mid card and maybe a, a main event underdog that could have been akin to a Danielson given five years later. I look at Shane with all the nurturing and potential charisma he has. He could have, he could have been more than just a manager he could have been someone who could have been a great mid-card heel and one day could have turned into something really, really big. Um, unfortunately, injuries, we, we can't you know dictate, but the potential on the radar for him out of anyone who, who 
came out of the wrestling school, I thought he had one of the best promos, period. Um, and he was confident in himself, no matter what you gave him. And then you have Rhett Titus, who me and him may not be the best friends in the world, but I could see potential right there on the wall. And the addicted to love character deserved more than being just bloodied and beaten and given nothing afterwards while you were still in control. Um, I feel like, he, he, yes, you can't start people off super hot, but there's an opportunity that could have been really tapped into because he had probably the, the biggest upside that, that all of us had compared to all of us, honestly. Um, he's someone that could have, if you gave him a little more nurturing in that uh, probably two or three period, in that two or three month period when he was in that push, you could have probably stole the win with him. And that goes to Adam. Adam, I think he blew his, he blew his load on, on, uh, on as well. Uh, especially when the TV title came around, like he could have been a, a great person to take the title and just really shotgun the title with him. So as far as the grievances go with Gabe, uh, I feel like you didn't really take much constructive criticism or take much input from other people that could have helped other guys get over a lot stronger than what they did. And those are the grievances of Alex Payne. It would have, if that would have just said Gabe Sapolsky and ended right there with no follow-up, that would have been perfect. It would have just been well, I think I think ideally when he said that, I kind of like went like this, <laughs> covered my mouth from laughing, and then he continued on. And I really hoped like that he was just going to stop there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but we're none of us. I mean, uh, he's like... I'm the most concise one of the three of us, and I'm a run-on sentence half the time. The two of you are... <laughs> yeah, we have big mouths. Yes, he just kept going, going, going. But uh, the 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 takeaway as far as... um, Yeah, there's a lot of instances, I think, of people just being badly used. I, I, will, I, will, I will put a stamp on this grievance. Um, Adam was definitely one who I... He first brought in being put in like four ways and then just like, okay, well now go be hardcore with CZW guys. And I, I don't think he was ever, I don't think he was used to the, to his fullest potential as a singles guy. Uh, no, except when he was the NWA champion. And for those couple matches mm-hmm. with Brent and then the ship bag match with Nigel that just had shit bag booking to, because they were both champions. Yeah. Uh, you know, and a lot of there's a lot of names. I, I may not have been the biggest um, necessarily the fan of his in ring work, but as far as a character, I thought like uh, Sterling James Keenan, aka uh, Corey Graves, could talk. And but he was always put in six, the times he was used. It was like same six man, six ways, four ways, multi man matches, and never with a microphone in your hand. Like you're not necessarily giving people putting people in positions where they can sh- really show you uh, what they can do. Uh, Maximize I, your your biggest skill mm-hmm. early on and then let yeah. everything else kind of mature. It was more like, I want to take a look at you, so I'll just throw you in the match with five other people. And mm, not the best way to look to give somebody a look. No, and that's, a, that's one wrestling thing that always always bothered me is mm-hmm. the idea of giving someone a look quote unquote 
Yeah. Like, okay, what does that mean? They have all these matches and promos and stuff that are out there. Okay, you want to see it in front of you? Then do that with them. Yes. Throw them, throw the wolves to the fire, if you will. And like seventeen different metaphors right there, but cool. Like, <laughs> so throw the wolves to the fire. Isn't that what it is? No. No, just throwing them to the wolves. Throw them to the wolves. There's no fire. No. Saying is just throwing someone to the wolves. That that's that's it. Throw them to the wolves, not mm-hmm. the American wolves, but the wolves in general. Yeah. Um, and and just let them have their opportunity to sink or swim. There's a good one. That's yeah, I know I got go. that. One. There you go. To do or die. Do or die. Thank ah, you. Ah, there you go. Well, we're played. Uh, as as far as uh, I mean, try to. to he he covered a lot of ground, and uh, but yeah, I I, I will I, I can put a little bit of a stamp on all of this as far as the you know the you talked about it in the Gabe's Gabe episode in the archives that bonus episode we did as far as the listening to other people and being open to input and yada 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 I think it was you know some people but you know it was his show and he was going to run it the way he wanted to has has been said by many people. Over over the years this is not the first time or the last time that will be said by any of us or you know anyone uh as far as like students i thanks for putting me over a little bit uh i will just speak for for Rhett and pelly and not just myself i because those are the two he specifically mentioned uh 100 pelly's career was definitely shortened and uh, definitely put on a hiatus by a lot of what he went through um you know in the wrestling, you know, I'll just put it in wrestling the hangman three because that's the best lead that in that sort of vein. Uh, and Which, if you'd like to support the ridiculous behaviors of Gabe's booking toward Pelly, uh, you can buy a Captain Safety shirt <laughs> over at it's a DVD product.com. There you go. And uh, Rhett, same, we've talked about several times over stunted growth, and he's one that is, un- is probably the only one of the students to have. His growth stunted by Gabe, Adam, and presently Delirious, yeah. who has him locked in a closet. Yeah, so um, validation on, on these grievances. All right, well, our next guest... Be more concise, Alex. Our next guest joining us uh, in the Festivus airing of grievances is one Mrs. Mary Hagedorn. The first lady of an honorable mention. And your wife. Selling me out. Selling me out. Hi there, out of the mental world. Happy Festivus. I am Mrs. Hagedorn, a.k.a. Ring Crew Wifey. And here to share uh, a grievance. I was told I was only able to tell one. And so I do have many. So stay tuned for a possible podcast of my own in the future. Um... So, years ago, back on the road, not only did I do concessions, but I also would ride in the truck going to multiple cities, in which I thought I was going to be going on a mini vacation, let's say to Boston, New York, what have you. No, that's not how my weekends were at all. Um, First of all, I would be in the front of the truck, most of the time next to Mr. Agadorn. Sometimes someone else (laughs) would be in the truck with us. So there would be three people um, in a very small space, people like Pelly. Um, I, I don't know. 
but there would be somebody else there. And I would look over, fearing for my life in the middle of the night because Mr. Hagedorn was falling asleep. Um, then you get to said hotel room and you are sharing, you're sleeping with multiple men, not <laughs> physically sleeping with multiple men, but all these sweaty people, most of them men besides me, are sharing the same hotel room. And Mr. Hagedorn would be snoring away. And here I would be, I would finally fall asleep and I would wake up, forget where I was. And there would be Bobby Dempsey right there or whoever else mustache in the uh, bathtub. So Merry Christmas. Happy Festivus. Um, I wish I could share more, but ring crew travels were my biggest grievance. The way I was treated and the way that I was expected to work as soon as we got to buildings with very little sleep, complaining that he was hungry. And then Mr. Hagedorn would say, do you have a box? Are you putting together the merch? What are you, what are you doing? What are you supposed to be doing? Don't you have the itinerary? Merry Christmas. It's your wife. Yeah, those are valid grievances. Uh, yeah, and I would, yep, yep. She, she paid her dues. She paid her dues. She did the she did the travels from time to time in the truck. The no sleep, having to stare at Bobby Dempsey sleeping across from you in a hotel room. Yeah, mustache in the bathtub. That's a story I think from uh, WrestleMania weekend in Florida. Uh, that'll be a fun way, one to talk let's, about. Let's explain who mustache is. That's, oh, just uh, Giuseppe De Laurentiis. Giuseppe De Laurentiis, yes, yes, uh, former yes. bell ringer. Uh, mustache for, connoisseur, hippie extraordinaire. Now I called him a proto. He always got pissed off because I would call him a a a proto hipster, and he would get mad at me for that. Shares a birthday with my dad, a fine fine gentleman. Nice. Uh, um, I miss that guy. All about the swan. I'm just gonna leave it at that one to pop a few people who get it. Uh, yeah, valid grievances next. I'm oh, just wow. gonna bury. She buried me enough. I can't bury myself anymore than that for being an asshole to my my girlfriend's then fiance, then wife when she would help out. I treated well, her like any other member of Ring Crew while she was helping us out. So you were the captain of the Ring Crew. You couldn't be yep. shown shown favorites. Nope. Oh, uh, our next grievance comes all the way from the United Kingdom. Mister Mark Steptoe joins us. So here is Mark's grievance. Hi Jeff, hi Shane, this is Mark uh, calling all the way in from Oxford, United Kingdom. Um, there's a few things I'd like to go over really. Uh, one of the things that always bugged me was back in 2005 after he'd been kicked out of Generation X, I really think Alex Shelley could have been the hot baby face, eventually dethroning Punk for the world title after the summer of Punk, but instead he got put in the embassy. I know his embassy work was great, don't get me wrong, but I just feel it was a wasted opportunity off Alex Shelley. Second thing, I've really, I've always wanted to know what happened to Jay Lethal when he, after he turned heel on Samoa Joe. It seemed like he really found his place with this heel gimmick. Then all of a sudden he got squashed by Joe on the fourth anniversary, and that was the end of him in Ring of Honor pretty much until he came back in 2011. And finally, my third one is Loki. 
always been a huge fan of Loki, but I've heard he's difficult to work with. I was so gutted in 2006 after having that great match with Kenta. He got announced for all the Milestone Series shows with some interesting matchups, including the original three-way, which was going to be done in the main event at the 100th show. Um, just would really love to know what exactly went down with Loki and Gabe Sapolsky and Carrie Silkin back in February of 2006 that caused him to leave the company. That's it really, guys. Hope you can discuss and give some good answers. Also, just on some show notes, I wouldn't mind in the future, maybe we could do you could do a 2005 best of James Gibson, looking at his run during that year, which I think he had many match of the year candidates. And also a couple of my favourite shows possibly being Manhattan Mayhem 1, Better Than Our Best, and Glory Bayana 5 Night 2. Keep up the good work, guys. And I'll keep on listening. Thanks. That's how you answer three questions and do it concisely. That was like a minute and a half. Alex, take notes. Mark Skepto, Alex Payne. Alex Payne, Mark Skepto. Uh, I could answer the first two questions with three letters. T, N, A. But yeah, 1,000% on the Alex Shelley thing. Um, I did like the, the little bit of an angle Gabe kind of started and didn't really that I did like the idea that Alex had to pay for his sins and was trying to prove he was, you know, a changed man and then just said, fuck it and join the embassy. But yeah, I, I think that kind of lost moment, lost him momentum that he could have had post final battle 2004. The, the key story there was that he didn't sell out to the embassy. He bought it. Bought in. And that it was, that is something that has been copied so many times since, but most noticeably by by Seth Rollins when he joined um, the authority, the, corpor- the, corpora- I, I, the, uh, the authority, authority yes. the corporation, See, that's why I same myself thing. Because I couldn't remember what. It, yeah, when did he when he joined the the authority after turning on the shield, he one hundred percent used that line. And and those I, uh, two were those two were pretty close and socialized with each other. So that's no idea. Not a surprise that that's the line he used. And 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 Tyler Seth whatever was a ring of honor fan before he was a wrestler. So, you know, he mm-hmm. was witness to these things as well. Uh, but yeah, I am in agreement on the, I will put a stamp on the Alex yep. Shelley, uh, not being taken, not full advantage as much as I like the story of his needing re- of a redemption arc for him. I I like the idea of a redemption arc for Alex Shelley. <laughs> Execution, I don't really know. I'd have to go go back and watch the steps, but yep. But that's the one thing you I've noticed throughout the grievance is a lot of Alex Shelley talk. A lot of yeah. people are are big supporters of Alex Shelley and hopefully he knows how appreciated he was. Um, of course, Mark's second grievance, uh, with Jay Lethal. Um, the heel Jay- turn, the remix. Well, Jay Lethal picked TNA. Basically. Uh, after, um, you know, we came into that unscripted two show that brought Punk back, that, you know, saw Rowdy and Aries pick Stay Loyal to Ring of Honor. Lethal pick TNA. Mm-hmm. Um, that was kind of that, that story as far as what happened to him after that. I mean, his heel turn was basically I put on sunglasses and got yeah, mad and, that and he got put- mad that Joe got paid, that the former Ring of Honor, the former Ring of Honor world champion made more money than he did. 
And he got that new remix to his theme song, which was Pussy Licker by Rob Zombie. His theme song was... What? Yeah, that was his theme music. Yes! His theme music was fucking... uh... Ah, I can hear it in my head and I can't think of the name of it. It wasn't Rob Zombie. I'm literally right now on my computer looking at iTunes and I go to Rob Zombie and Rob Zombie has a song called Pussy Licker. Yes. And in my notes to said song, it says Jay Lethal Heel Turn Music. Really? Huh. All I can hear is the 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 that and I'm now for I'm drawing a total blank on the name of the band but yeah okay I'll <laughs> so we can we can basically just blame TNA for everything and that's with that one yeah and and I mean he did drip it and then he inexplicably when he came back to wrestle what Nigel or whatever for the pure title or whoever the fuck it was he was a, he was just a baby face again for, mm-hmm. yeah, for the summer of baby face. yeah or whatever that was yeah uh, Final grievance of low key at the milestone series and why why low key what happened with Loki and Gabe? Well, it blew up in Cleveland at the Gray's Armory the night he wrestled Jack 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 Shelley, Jack Evans at uh, Dissension, which we will be covering in January. And the story that I will be able to tell on that show in regards to said blow up, uh, I was about ten feet from the blow up. Whereas I was in and out of the building, loading up truck, loading up merch, yada, yada, yada. So I was not on top of it like Jeff was. So he actually has a better uh, account of this story than I do. And it was it. It's everything you could imagine. Like we talked about it on the Monster Mac episode. Promo voice. Promo key and Brandon. And, and, And yes, there's a difference. Promo key and Gabe in a shouting match. With Carrie trying to play Peacemaker. One person whose voice is all bass, another person whose voice is all treble. Yes. (laughs) Bass versus treble coming to (laughs) its DVD product. So, Mark, tune in in a couple, just about a month, actually. In just about a month, you'll get Jeff's answer to the dissension question. And uh, as far as some of the upcoming show suggestions, uh, Best of James Gibson, uh, Manhattan Mayhem, uh, the first one. Um, better than our best. Better than our best. All we'll get to them. Yep. We're not going anywhere anytime soon. Nope. Um, we'll, we'll actually be right here in these very seats. Well, hopefully month. not you. Uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully somebody will buy my condo. Hey, yeah. if anybody anybody wants to buy a nice condo in Canton, Ohio, please call me. Um, but our, our next grievance comes from somebody that he is a man of one name, uh, even though he actually reveals his shoot name in the confines of this grievance, which shocked me because um, that's not something he ever really wanted to talk about. So uh, my main man, Dog, uh, is up next. And here he is. Hi, everyone. It's Russ Dobler, better known to ROH message board denizens as Diggity Dog 46. When my buddy Jay Swo, yes, that is his real name, asked if I had any grievances with ROH booking past, I said, sure. How about the several years of exposing CM Punk to the world? That turned out to be a huge mistake. But what about grievances with the fans? 
After the CZW war, I told you all that Claudio Castagnoli could not be trusted. I yelled it loud, I yelled it at him, and you all looked surprised when he turned on us again in Manhattan. And let's not forget grievances with the wrestlers themselves, like when Jack Evans unequivocally lied about how many rotations he performed after jumping from the scramble cage. For shame, Jack, for shame. But my biggest grievance is with ROH official Mr. Fat Pants himself, Todd Sinclair. It's bad enough that you let the crowd shout Twinkies at you every time you count. But I'm talking about something much more serious. Something that's broken professional wrestling forever in ways the general public is only now fighting out about. At Final Battle 2006, Todd, you were complicit in the greatest robbery in the history of our great sport. When Brian Danielson, the American Dragon and ROH World Champion, refused to release a hold when his opponent Homicide had reached the ropes, instead of disqualifying Danielson, as the rules dictate you to do, you went into business for yourself and let the match continue. Homicide would ludicrously go on to win the title that night. And because of your activist officiating, Brian would start on a downward spiral of granola munching, oxygen <laughs> residing, and Bella infatuation on his way to becoming the fickle, fan, flannel-clad creature he is today. You screwed Dragon, Todd, and I will never let you forget that. My name is Dog, and I am the science editor for AIPTcomics.com, where we publish articles critically examining the idea that each person in a triple threat match has a 33% chance of winning, hello, weighted averages, and completely debunk the WWE's law of opposite momentum, which states the losing wrestler on the go-home show always wins on the pay-per-view. Come check us out for all the science on your superheroes entertainment, plus lots more regular wrestling content. AIPTcomics.com, where we still haven't figured out what Austin Aries tattoo means. We'll never stop trying. <laughs> you win. Guy. That's you my win. guy, Dog. Dog with no, the home run. No more grievances. Just skip to rats. We're good. <laughs> that wins. <laughs> That's like the second batch of punk hate so far. Yeah. Man. Well, dog, dog was always consistent in his disdain for CM Punk. Because <laughs> for those that don't know, the ROH fan base, a lot of us, would get together before shows. We'd get into towns early, and we would go to beer bars. And Dog, would, dog created what was called Beer Fest. Every time we'd go to a different bar in a different city, there would be some sort of parody name for that Beer Fest based off of a Ring of Honor show. So, for instance... There was Glory by Beer. Anytime Honor was placed in the title of the show, Beer was inserted. Um, and he has always hated Punk because Punk was straight edge. Um, so that's part of it. Um, so just the way he describes it and hearing his voice, I haven't seen Dog in probably seven or eight years. Just hearing his voice makes me happy. Um, because he was such a great guy and a funny, funny dude. Um, yeah, I, the the way he explained things in his grievances is exactly how we have conversations in real life. Those, yeah, those aren't really grievances to rule on; they're just grievances to enjoy. I yes. I'm blown away by his connecting the dots of uh, of of Danielson, Kurt Cobain at the moment. In his, I oh by the way, I saw a conversation in relation to how he has now described uh, Daniel Bryan, and it's all, all Todd's fault. My current belief is that Daniel Bryan needs to come out to DDP's WCW theme music minus a self high five. 
the oh the uh, Nirvana knockoff. Yes. I yeah. It needs I to come back that. for that. Take out the self high five, and that needs to be Brian's entrance music now. Dog, you have the best grievances of all. All, mm, I don't know. Yeah, I think he's definitely the most entertaining. Yeah, so I'll give I'll give I will give them all the stamp of approval for entertainment value. Uh, he, but he does make one connection. You know, he he the Brian Danielson thing as far as that goes. Um, just to add a little bit of notes to it. Brian was always our little group's favorite wrestler, with me being the exception, with me being a Samoa Joe guy. And Brian was referred to as the champ long after he lost the belt. Um, not American Dragon, not Brian Danielson, certainly not Daniel Bryan, uh, which is his slave name. Um, he was always the champ. He was called the champ before he won the belt. He was called the champ as champion. He was called the champ after the belt. Um, so check check out uh, Dog's website, AIPTcomics.com. Um, I'm sure there's some cool stuff over there. Um, but he is legitimately, in real life, a scientist and uh, one of the smartest people I know and a, a fine beer connoisseur. So the next grievances are from a dude named JSWO, I see, on the format. No, that, that guy's dead. But uh, Jeff Schwartz uh, from Canton has some grievances. So here they are. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Jeff Schwartz, co-host of An Honorable Mention. And boy, do I have some grievances for you. Uh, But first, before I get to my grievances, I do want to do a couple of plugs real quick. Uh, It's a DVD product.com. Awesome T-shirts and awesome hoodies at awesome prices. Not only do you support the show by buying a hoodie or a T-shirt, but you keep history alive. You keep some of the things that have been forgotten by current Ring of Honor days from days gone by alive by wearing it on your back to your next wrestling show, be it a Ring of Honor show, an all elite wrestling show, an Evolve show, any wrestling promotion you go to, you wear that shirt, you let other fans know that you were there. You were a part of Ring of Honor's history before they became corporate wrestling 101. Keep history alive. Buy the shirts, buy the hoodies at itsadvdproduct.com. Patreon.com backslash an honorable pod. Early access for as low as $4 a month. Video versions of our shows where you get to see us actually interact uh, facially, get to see some of the emotions, uh, see what happens when the audio gets kind of quiet and we have to cover our faces from laughing. We'll get some watch-alongs for certain old-school matches from Ring of Honor, uh, as well as full show watch-alongs once a month. And the fun doesn't end there. Uh, I'm posting our scripts that we use for our formats every week. And we've got a whole bunch of cool bonus things coming your way through patreon.com backslash an honorable pod. As little as $4 a month and as much as $12 a month for the video version of the show. And you get a ton of really, really cool stuff if you take part. And we would really appreciate you signing on. Of course, at an honorable pod on Twitter. That's the spot where we'll interact with you no matter how silly your question is. No question is too silly for us to interact with you on. Now my grievances. I'm no Frank Costanza, but boy do I have a lot of grievances. And I'm mad at a lot of people. First on my list, Mr. Gabe Sapolsky. Gabe, I know in the early years in Ring of Honor you didn't want to be called the new ECW. I know you wanted to get away from it as far as you could. 
You didn't want to reinvent the wheel. And you did a great job avoiding that. You used some ECW guys, but you used them in the right spots. But two gentlemen that you could have used in Ring of Honor, either in 2002 or in 2008, by the time you departed, that felt that I felt personally could have done great jobs in different roles. A ton of high flyers existed in Ring of Honor. Too Cold Scorpio could have slowed them down and shown them how to make their moves mean more. Why didn't we get more than one match out of Too Cold Scorpio? I get it. He smoked a lot of weed. Maybe his junk was a little too big for the locker room and it was intimidating. I don't know. But Too Cold Scorpio definitely should have been inside the Ring of Honor ring way more than one time. And my second guy is Tracy Smothers. I have a soft spot for Tracy. He's a great heel. He could have gotten a ton of heat. A Southern Prince Nana. A hillbilly Larry Sweeney. What would have stopped you from putting him as a mouthpiece for somebody like the Briscoes? What a perfect combination that could have been. Yeah, Tracy gets himself over sometimes. Yeah, he forgets where he's at. He's been hitting the head a lot. He's made a lot of sacrifices. But I would have loved to have seen Tracy Smothers as part of early day Ring of Honor. Or even present day Ring of Honor for that matter. Number two. The lack of respect for Colt Cabana, Mark Briscoe, and Rhett Titus. Three gentlemen who have sacrificed so much over the years for Ring of Honor that they have never been gifted a singles title. They've never been given a title run where there's been some sort of you know, focal point on them. Mark Briscoe has always had to share the spotlight with Jay Briscoe. Colt Cabana has always lived in the shadow of someone else or come up short. Hell, that was a storyline point for once. And Rhett Titus, the hardest working student to ever come out of the Ring of Honor Wrestling School, the most successful student to come out of the Ring of Honor Wrestling School, you have him in a small tag team that doesn't even get on TV tapings nowadays. How sad is that? How ignorant is that? You can't reward the people that work their asses off doing the little things that most fans don't see, who improve, who study tape, who want to get better, who are in the ring all the time. And he can't even get a little bit of a shove up the card. Absolutely embarrassing for a delirious. My other grievance, uh, and this is the third of four. Austin Aries over Samoa Joe, Final Battle 2004. Just a little bit off. Here's why it wasn't the worst thing in the whole wide world. Austin Aries had come in hot. The Gen Next thing. He had a lot of great matches. He had a lot of interesting promos. He looked believable. He carried himself bigger than he actually is. Because believe it or not, folks, Mr. 5'9 Live, t-shirt available at itsadvdproduct.com, is really like five foot two. He's got some super tall lifts in those boots. But those boots did a lot of work inside the Ring of Honor ring at that time. And he was a deserving guy to win the title eventually. Defeating Samoa Joe at Final Battle 2004 is Gabe Sapolsky's biggest swing and miss as Booker during his time in charge. And I don't know what it was, whether it was talks at the Tampa airport or maybe Aries had, you know, a really fun promo photo. He should not have beaten Samoa Joe. Wrong guy, wrong time, wrong place. Last but certainly not least, Delirious. I get it. He's got a green mask. The kids love him. People react to him. He does the same shtick every single time in the ring as a babyface. The heel Delirious was the greatest version of Delirious. And honest to God, I enjoyed it. I really did. 
but the guy is more invested in 2018 or 2019, more invested in his next cigarette than he is his own wrestling product on a national television platform with a lot of money behind it. He is the worst booker in the history of Ring of Honor. Yeah, that's right. I put him behind Adam Pierce. No disrespect, Adam. Your style just didn't translate. He is the worst. Not only has he run off talent, not only has he ignored the bulk of his roster because he was so invested into the top part of the card, but he has done nothing to develop talent until he had to. As we all know, Final Battle is, you know, in the rearview mirror for this year. We've lo- the Ring of Honor roster has lost the Elite. They've lost Christopher Daniels, who main evented the very first Ring of Honor show. And that falls on the shoulders of Delirious. Delirious, it is time for you to walk away from your job as Booker. And it is time for somebody else to bring their creativity into the position. Now, having said all those negative things about Delirious, I don't want to be completely disrespectful. I think he has tried his absolute hardest. He has held the position of Ring of Honor Booker for more combined time than Gabe Sapolsky and Adam Pierce. That alone deserves one hearty clap. However, when you run out of ideas and you got to skid those brakes to stop from crashing into a wall, that wall's coming in 2019. And it's not going to be pretty. So, Delirious, best of luck in your future endeavors. I am Jeff Schwartz, co-host of An Honorable Mention. Shout out to itsadvdproduct.com, the home of the best t-shirts and hoodies based on a pro wrestling podcast on the internet. Go check us out. Buy some shirts. Buy a hoodie. Buy both. Support us. We appreciate it. And just want to wish everyone a healthy and happy new year and a joyous festivus for the rest of us. I think it's absolutely hilarious you recorded your grievances yeah. <laughs> instead of just I would have written them down <laughs> which I basically was reading from a script the entire time so now so essentially it's just, this is now me right yes. you're putting it the onus of this is that these are your grievances so now it's me do I agree with these isn't the whole point of this show an airing of grievances <laughs> so like <laughs> When they pop up, we air our grievances. I, oh, yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but when is Too Cold Scorpio and Tracy Smothers going to pop up? Well, Too Cold would have been when we Tracy Smothers at some point when we talk about James Gibson would have popped up. Uh, and Too Cold Scorpio only when we did testing the limit would have popped up. Uh, I don't know why tra- why Too Cold is never used before or again. I don't know if it was because he was working so much for Noah I, I, at the time. I have no fucking clue. So I remember he was a nice guy. and Yeah, I'd just get high standing near him. But he was That's a nice true. guy. Uh, Tracy Smothers. <clears throat> I don't remember if this was an actual idea that got thrown out there, if this was just banter between myself and Davey Andrews, but the idea of a new wild-eyed Southern boys with James Gibson and Tracy Smothers, that was ah! talked about. That was talked about whether I guess I don't remember if it was an actual conversation or if it was just me and Davey doing a little fantasy booking during drives. But that was an idea we had. Uh, yeah, we've beaten the Aries thing to death a million times over, but I 
disagree with you on it being Gabe's worst booking decision. Uh, what else did you say? Oh yeah, you. Besides Delirious, what was the other one? Uh, the third grievance was oh, uh, the usage of the usage of, of Briscoe, yeah. Mark Briscoe, Cole Cabana, and Rhett. Yeah, that goes. They're, across. they're always made to look secondary players. Yeah. Yep. I, I'm, I'm in agreement on those, and for better. And why, how, how that has been the case through multiple bookers, uh, I, I don't know. Um, I, but, I mean, during Adam's run, there you know, Mark and Jay, they were pretty much exclusively as a tag team. There wasn't, like, a mm-hmm. position of Mark and Jay uh, doing single shit, you know. It was very heavily in the Wolves and the Kings. And But when Jay has been doing a singles thing, Mark's just been kind of there, I feel like. Um, and Mark is always losing the fall, which bothers yeah. me. That's why it was such a big deal that he got the fall at the conclusion to get the title mm-hmm. shot at Final Battle 2003 and didn't get another one for 10 years. Um, but yeah, I mean, obviously, we just we already talked about Rhett in that regards after Alex's grievance. Uh, as far as Delirious, um, I it's hard for me to judge the big picture because I was only I've only been there for I was only there for three years of his booking tenure and haven't paid shit for attention in the five years since. Uh, but I don't know. Those three years was this weird position of trying to, uh, I guess, re- attempting to reclaim fans that we lost who were turned off by what we did on HDNet and with what Adam did, and then you know the 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 the, the bad taste that Cornette being associated with the product left in people's mouths, uh, regardless of what his actual contributions were. Um, uh, it's it's sad. Don't know. It's tough when you only have three bookers. It's easy. It's hard to see who's the worst. I guess based on. I guess I guess based on. Uh, yeah, but on the other hand, who was the booker during the company's biggest? It's delirious. Yep. The and I think growth the, for the company is under delirious. As and, and in the same way that none of the coach, credit goes to him. Hold on. In the same way, but in the same way that a coach gets pat on the back. Actually, no. It's more like coaches only get get blamed coaches don't get correct so uh yeah so yeah the the players get the credit not the coaches that's we're gonna see in early 2019 i would say by the time we roll around the msg if the main event of madison square garden is not matt taven and jay lethal for the roh title title versus title and it's nick aldis in the nwa title versus jay lethal for the roh title or if it's an IWGP title match, I don't even think if it's an IWGP. I, I, I think that's that's something. If it's like a, if it's Okada and Tanahashi for the belt, or Omega and uh, Okada, like I can buy that. But if it's something, if it's a Ring of Honor match on top or whatever you know is last on the card for Ring of Honor. And it's something that the NWA or it's not paying off this Matt Taven storyline. He's got to go. Mm. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, like I said, the, the attention I have paid to reading results and everything, I, I would agree that that the MSG show needs to be the Taven payoff because the storyline's been going on for fucking ever by that point. And I don't want to see Luchasaurus, which doesn't even sound like a real thing, but it is. It's just a big jacked up steroid guy in a mortise mask. It's 
fucking horrible. No idea. No idea. But some I'm should, upholding some... all my grievances. Could they're your grievances? Of course. I'm a judge, it. jury, and executioner, and I have executed. And your verdict is guilty. As charged. As charged. All right. So our next grievance also comes from overseas. Comes from my friend John Sahir. Uh, who may be the single nicest human being on the face of the earth. Hi, Jeff. This is John. My grievance isn't actually with ROH's booking. It's with Alex Shane denying us what would have been Nigel winning the title in Liverpool. Due to Alex Shane's unreliability, to put it mildly, ROH had to change their plans. Instead of doing the title change in Liverpool, which I think would have been one almighty pop and a special moment, they had to do the change in Dayton instead. I still feel robbed of that moment to this day. Well, aside from the fact that he got the location of the title change wrong, uh, yeah, he, he said, said, he he said Dayton, because we yeah, covered Undeniable in the archives, uh, happened in Edison. Um, yeah, valid grievance. Completely valid grievance. Uh, that were not; those were not events that were ever like on sale. And we talked about this when we talked about undeniable that third uh, UK tour, theoretical UK tour that never came to fruition. Um, yeah, as as best as that was all on Alex Shane from that it never that it did not happen as best I recall and as best as my compatriots that I inquired within the office. Recall as well. So that, for our, that would that would have fallen on Alex Shane, who was our uh, British um, promoter. Quotation marks. Yes, uh, it would have fallen on his shoulders. As the one I, you know, he's the one that Jimmy Rave talked about. Who in our in that episode in the archives that kind of booked everybody out, but people didn't get paid. <laughs> Uh, during the first UK tour, and so yeah, I have one hundred percent stamped John's John's grievance here. All right, as the oh. I imagine. Oh, absolutely. Because yeah, um, that the pop for that would have been uh, uh might have been caused an epic some thing to do, and it's not. What are those things that come after an earthquake? The aftershock. Aftershock. Might have yeah, been an after- bunch of aftershocks. Not, it's not as if. With the way Ring of Honor's product was, it's not as if it was a title change that had to be done in a specific place. Uh, right. Nigel finally claimed the belt. It has to happen in Dayton because the story's been told Dayton. Or it has to happen here. Uh, the best independent wrestling example I can think of is when Jersey All-Pro put the, their belt on Jay Lethal for the first time and did it at their debut show in Boston instead of paying it off in front of their hometown fans who had been behind Jay the entire time. That was a bad title change location decision. Nigel, it wouldn't have mattered where he won the belt, but making it happen there would have been huge for the fans in attendance. And for Nigel. And for Nigel as well, yes. Um, So we have two more sets of grievances, and uh, the next one is my fellow Northeast Ohio brother and travel partner, Aaron Rund. Who, if you have Patreon, you can hear us react to Survival of the Fittest this year in the car ride on the way home. This is Aaron Rudd, longtime Ring of Honor fan, former Metro Sport name Big Stew, and this is my honorable pod airing of my grievances. First, Escalation. 
the third show after Gabe at AG. And I, I went to this show, saw, saw it live, and it just, for me, it didn't click. I mean, you had two really good matches. You had Brian Danielson versus Claudio Castagnoli, and you had uh, Al Generico and Kevin Steen versus the Age of the Fall. That team was Jimmy Jacobs and Delirious, and uh, they had uh, Al in Wonderland with them. The, the show to me just didn't really click from the beginning. Uh, you had Brent Albright wrestling, uh, wrestling Davey Richards. They tried to move their, their storyline along. It just didn't really work for me. Uh, later on in the card, you had uh, the Briscoes versus Irish Airborne in a match where both Mark Briscoe and I believe it was Jake Chris blew their knees out on the same spot, a double springboard spot that was just looked stupid to begin with. And the, the third grievance I have in this for this actual show itself was that the main event was a uh, three-way dance between Nigel McGuinness, Tyler Black, and Austin Aries. If I remember correctly, Austin Aries just kind of inserted himself in the match, but then didn't do anything in the match. Just kind of walked around saying, I don't really want to be in this match. It, it just, nothing really clicked on, on, in this match. And this show was just, it was the first time I thought, wow, I've wasted my money and my time on this problem. My second grievance has to do with Austin Aries' second title reign. Uh, just a quick recap of this. Uh, Jerry Lynn unexpectedly had done his uh, wrestler gimmick type of thing from the, paralleling the movie of the old veteran getting one last shot at a world title. And he won the world title from Match McGinnis, and the, everything was set up perfectly. To have a nice or to have, excuse me, have Jerry Lynn drop the title to Tyler Black. And setting everything up, that's what should have happened. Instead, you have an unnecessary Austin Aries second title reign. I'm not a fan of this title reign. Uh, at this point in time, uh, fans were calling him Austin Asshole. At least I was calling him Austin Asshole. And it, to me, it just wasn't necessary. Tyler Black should have won that title from Jerry Lynn. My final grievance has to do with the Global War Chicago for 2016 main event. You have a purposely built-up match between uh, Colt Banna coming back to Ring of Honor, returning in his hometown against Jay Lethal, at that point a member of the House of Truth. The match was going along great. Uh, fans were dueling chanting, let's go Lethal, let's go Cabana, or Colt Cabana, Cabana uh, is hometown. Probably had a lot more fans. Oh, probably bad. He did have a lot more fans. Then all of a sudden, the lights go out, and the Young Bucks are in the ring with Bullet Club t-shirts for both Cabana and Lethal. And then the lights go out again, and then Adam Cole is in the ring, and Adam Cole joins the, uh, Adam Cole joins the uh, Bullet Club, and you have a meaningless superstar party, and you have a non-finish of the match that was going really, really well. And it's another time that I just felt, I left feeling, this was, this, no, I shouldn't have spent my money on this. I'm Aaron Rudd, and these have been my honorable mention grievances. So, Escalation. Um, worst show in company history? Pro, pro, uh, yeah, I... 
quite possibly definitely um definitely the beginning of the end for dayton the night dayton died well now that might have been battle for supremacy but i'd have to look and see what that complete card was but the complete card for escalation was pretty lackluster um and a not payoff to a main event that had been had been built up uh i mean i don't know (laughs) like yeah, that he's wrong about the one thing. Ares was not inserted into the match. It always was a three-way. It was announced for the world title. Um, that changed day of show. I have to... F- There's a couple things I don't recall. And I will, if and when we get to talking about the show specifically, I will... Yeah, do a little... If I have to go back and watch that do show. Little, we will at some point. We'll do a little... Uh, do a little more research and deep diving on it when it's the actual topic, but suffice it to say that it changed because certain people didn't want to uh, take the L. Austin Aries. Uh, and for the second grievance, so yes, first grievance, 1000% valid. I, I, I think I apologize on the behalf of everyone who has ever existed in the company of Ring of Honor from 2002 until modern day for that show ever happening. Uh, <laughs> Second grievance, the Tyler, well, I would go so far as to say that logical progression of story, Jerry should have never won the belt. That would have been tired. Jerry should, no, should, should, okay, let me phrase it. Not that Jerry should have never won the belt, but that Tyler should have been the one to beat Nigel. That's where the story had been going the entire time. And uh, as far as I think from a fan's perspective, and I think it's noticeable in the reactions that Tyler would get. As it got, they were diminishing um, the choice to slide the belt onto Jerry instead of Tyler, uh, and having Tyler Lex Luger himself through two thousand eight and nine uh, did not did not benefit him. So uh, second grievance, and for me, upheld. Uh, yeah, I would agree with it. Um... I, I didn't have a problem putting the belt on Jerry, but maybe you could have just had him have Nigel in the cradle pile driver and the DVD ends. Mm. And then that Bruce Springsteen song plays and you go to the next show and it's a brand new I, company. I don't know. Yeah, I but, didn't but, have a problem with the belt being on Jerry at all either. Just I said from the story perspective and how everything was being told. Um, the, 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 real, the, the changing of the regime changed where the company went at the end of 2008. And then the, the Austin Aries second title run grievance. Um, valid to me. Very valid. I know, I know part of it was it was a attempt to do a, a very a different type of champion as far as the character. Uh, but it sucked. And the in-ring work sucked and it was lazy and it was half-assed and nobody held him accountable. Well, I mean, I think ultimately it was held accountable when he got fired that TV taping that Delirious took over because you want main event money, you got to work main event matches. Exactly. So, very valid. And then as far as the Global Wars uh, Chicago show... I have no show, fucking clue what that's about. So, just from the way he described it, I would say it sounds like a way to uh, get out of beating Cabana. Correct. Yeah, it was a non-finish. Um, but that crowd wanted Cabana to win the world title. 
more so than I think any other time I've ever seen Colt have a title shot. Um, I know he said there was some let's go lethal chance. I remember that being very, very minimal. Um, I was with, with, with Stu at the show. Um, I, I vaguely remember it. And I remember the look on Colt's parents' face when the finish happened and how disgusted they were uh, as my lasting impression from that show. And then the Young Bucks and Adam Cole threw 312 super kicks. On a pay-per-view, you ended on a non-finish. Not just a streaming, go-fight-live, honor-club type of thing. Pay-per-view. So that, that sounds like a bad choice. but Yeah. Bad would be... I've never been so angry driving home in my life. Um, but we do have one final grievance uh, that we'd like to share with you guys. Uh, we want to thank everyone for joining an Honorable Mention Festivus. And this comes from a uh, friend of show, brother of show. Uh, brother, someone, brother, 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 brother. Someone who has been talked about in several grievances on this show. Uh, he is the main eventer of Festivus, and that is Addicted to Love, Rhett Titus. I wanted to join an honorable mention in celebrating Festivus for the rest of us by airing out my grievances. And I don't want to be anonymous. I want this person or people to know my grievances and know that it's coming straight from Red Titus's mouth. So I want to take it back to Final Battle 2006. I was just a young pup trying to get on the pre-show, you know, so I pitched this idea to Shane Hagerhorn. Hey, what if, you know, Bobby Dempsey just as Santa Claus and Mitch and Pelly, they were elves, and, you know, we were like Ebenezer Scrooge and the Grinch and trying to ruin Christmas, but, you know, it would be this big, you know, pre-show match with Christmas festivities, and it would be great. Get me on the pre-show. New York City, Final Battle, biggest show of the year. Hagerhorn was like, oh, yeah, pitch the idea to Gabe. Next thing I know, the Briscoes are beating up Bobby Dempsey dressed as Santa Claus and Mitch and Pelly dressed as elves, and I'm sitting there from the sidelines watching. So for that, I want to air out my grievances with you, Shane Hagerhorn, and you, Gabe Sapolsky, for leaving me off the final battle 2006 pre-show. Excuse me, guys. About to go hit a feat of strength right now yeah the last part of that you have to see the video when we put it up on youtube and twitch and everything um just pass along ideas i'm not the one who books them it's like hey red's got this idea what do you think and then it we get there and that's what it is it's go find some elf and santa claus costumes and Bobby, you're going to take a really un, really ridiculous chair shot from the Briscoes. <laughs> like, no hands up on your... Well, Bobby's head is made of concrete, but yeah, yeah. Much skinnier concrete yep. now, though. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry that Gabe took your idea and twisted it to not include you, Rhett. For some reason, I feel that's just the first time that's happened to you in the last 12 years since that night. <laughs> it's not my fault. Okay, Snitsky. 
Ring Crew Snitsky. I don't have a foot fetish, though. No. Somebody Touché. else may have. But it wasn't me. Hmm. That one. I might need an answer to that off air. That could be that could be any number of people. It's a weird fucking world we live in. But I do remember that Final Battle pre-show. But to me, the the one takeaway from Final Battle 06 that uh, I didn't know that was pitched or suggested by Rhett. Um, I think it would have been great to do, uh, especially Pelly and Mitch as elves. That would have been hilarious. Sidebar. Um, Grizz still has that elf costume. He just put pictures up on his social media of him wearing that elf costume with his wife having an elf costume as well. And I I was like, did you have you had that for 12 years? And he's like, just in case I needed it, brother. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's tremendous. I'm going to go check that out here in the Christmas season that we are now in. But um, the the biggest takeaway I have from Rhett at Final Battle 06 is after Homicide won the belt, and I'm standing literally on top of the guardrail celebrating at ringside and almost falling over the guardrail. Uh, Rhett is in the ring doing some sort of Vince McMahon-like juking and jiving, dancing thing. Um, if you have the Final Battle 06 DVD... Pull it out. Watch the main event. Uh, the main event's been referenced a couple times during an honorable mention Festivus. Um, watch Rhett Titus dance. It's um, it's quite quite something. Um, so yes, um, Shane Shane is doing the actual That's some dance. Some the jet ski. That's commencing. Um, if you'd like to see a video of Shane doing Red's dancing, you can subscribe over at patreon.com backslash an honorable pop. I, I, I think between your your uh, your festivist grievances and uh, everything we've done during the course of the show, we have bludgeoned our listeners with plugs this episode. Maybe we should uh, give them a break in our usual post-show wrap-up. <laughs> Yeah, we'll only uh, we'll hit the CC network at the CC network one. Oh, am and... I supposed to give some too? Is that yeah? Am I supposed to do well, that? If you have grievances, um, let's hear them. This is the time. Oh, I have a you know a, a litany of grievances over the years, but I will give my one. I will I will stick to one grievance, and it's one that I was not sure what I was going to put out there, and then in conversation with um with Trevor Dame from the Through the Years podcast. Uh, he, he it jumped out at me what my grievance is. My number one grievance with Ring of Honor that has nothing to do with this booking or usage of, of talent or anything like that. My number one grievance with Ring of Honor pretty much up until the end of 2009 was production. From day one. Until Eric Santa Maria took over the editing in-house with the final countdown tour. We ran around with three cameras at ringside and only ever used two. With very little production thought given as far as white balancing or any of that. So you would have two different looks on both cameras. Dirty lenses, out of focus my number one gripe with the ring of honor as a fan watching the product production it was the shit 
facts and it took forever for it to get better and there was no excuse for not using three cameras besides laziness in my opinion because it was very easily done with digital editing you're just dropping three tapes into there and picking and choosing from the three of them instead of two especially times we had bad footage or dirty lenses or whatnot and you still used that main floor camera or instead of switching to the other one my number one grievance production and i think that's extremely valid and upheld because um, any other grievances i'll just save to talk about when we do the shows themselves yeah i wanted to get mine in i know you did Especially the delirious one, because that's really pissed me off lately. But we want to skip over our normal plugs. You guys know where to go buy stuff. You know who sponsors the show. It's DVDproduct.com. We're, of course, brought to you by the Creative Control Network. So follow our friend Joe Feeney uh, at J-F-F-E-E-N-E-Y-3-R-D and at the CC Network 1 for all the latest news and notes on the Creative Control Network. Follow Zach Johnson. He's got a litany of nicknames. He now has his own T-shirt. He's at Radio ZT on Twitter and Instagram. And this episode of an honorable mention that you are listening to right now is available on iTunes, the Google Music Play Store, Amazon Echo, iHeartRadio, Podbean, Stitcher, and Hipcast. Next week, January 1st, Roderick Strong, Destiny Fulfilled. January 8th, the battle lines are drawn. January 15th, Injustice 2. Uh, we have a surprise guest on January 22nd, and January 29th, we will cover Dissension. Uh, you know our social media. We covered it at the beginning of the show. And uh, any final words for our fans? The last words of 2018 go to you, Mr. I just Shane Hagedorn. I want to say thank you for, uh, for putting up with us for the last 10 months. We've been doing this for 10 months now. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, creep, creeping on our one-year anniversary. Thank you to people who listen. Uh, the the <clears throat> Excuse me. Thank you to Joe for helping us build, for Joe Feeney for helping us build this thing up to where we are now. We still have a long way to go, and we've still got a lot of shit to talk about. But uh, it's been a hell of a, a, a 2018, and we've done a lot more with this than I ever thought we would uh so far um i look forward to what uh, 2019 will bring so happy festivus merry christmas yada 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 come see me february 8th at pwe where i beat some ernie osiris ass one more time well having said all that there's only one thing left to do for the last time in 2018 to quote the great Sal Renaro, no need to trip out. It's time to dip out. Slap the porpoise. This one is over. We're out. We'll see you next week in 2019 for Roderick Strong, Destiny Fulfilled. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them bloom for me and you. And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. I see skies of blue and 
Wonderful. 